Okay, we're finally back with episode six of the All Vinyl Alternative Independent Dance Music Podcast. Phono from us at Dirty Feet. This episode we've got Nathaniel Gary, the head honcho of Touch of Loft and real good mate of ours. Uh, I've been affiliated with a lot of the events that he's thrown and he's been a big part of helping the uh, Dirty Feet events that we've thrown. And some of the most legendary parties in the most obscure pot spots in Sydney. Uh, it's been a real wild ride and, you know, the way he throws parties, the way he runs his label, the way he mixes and even the way he talks to you, which you'll see in the uh, podcast, is uh, one of a kind character. Uh, he's actually also responsible for the our uh, theme song. The track is uh, one of his uh, vinyl-only releases. And he was kind enough to let us use each episode for our show. Anyway, in this episode, which was recorded a long time ago, back in February, we caught up on the day that I had a spot to play for the Vibe Tribe gig with Zoot, uh, Moon and uh, Phil Shaw in Newcastle. And uh, we managed to squeeze in a little bit of a podcast. Um, he was available and he came come up. But we fucked around and we ended up late and the podcast took longer so we didn't end up actually being able to record the way we normally do where we, you know, have a bit of a chat, listen to some tunes. He plays an hour, then we play an hour back to back. So what ended up happening was uh, we, we ended up just talking shit till it was time to go to the gig and I had to play. And he ended up playing back to back with me at this gig and then we came back, um, you know, on the wrong side of a case of beer and ended up playing, uh, recording his set. So it's a bit loose, but it went well. Uh, the Listening back to the conversations, they were pretty good. Uh, because it was a bit loose, we were sort of planning on, oh, well, maybe we'll catch up again and, and re-record or, or, you know, do the proper format all the way through. But, you know, uh, that was before COVID and we're now living in the uh, post-COVID world. So in the end, we've just been having a bit of a chat. We thought, oh, fuck it, let's release it as is and we'll just do a part two. At a later date. You know, discovered raves and DJing and yada yada yada. Yeah, so was was that was that pretty much was that a pretty well uh, solid line between going from being a bit into sports and then being into music? I, I kind of, like, I broke, like, at the back end there, like, I was, uh, I'd always been going out to, like, uh, you know, under 18 dances and raves and stuff. Um, but then pretty much what happened, I became a plumber and I couldn't really get injured anymore. Um, but the, the main thing that happened is, like, I got done for doing graph. <laughs> I was kind of like well, I'm pretty into being creative and I'm like DJing and shit like why the hell am I like doing this other thing which just fucking brings nothing but drama into my life football nah painting football oh. was football was I would have kept playing but like you know if, you, if you're on the tools and you get injured you know what do you do yeah. it's like how many times are you going to call in sick on a Monday with like a cork leg or a sore knee or a sore ankle and that's another thing your injuries never get better yeah, because you're always working. You're just always working, you know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah, that was that was that one. So you went into the very lucrative game of throwing parties and selling records. 
that was that was much later like so i i probably started taking djing pretty seriously when i was like 19 but i didn't throw my first party in sydney my first proper one until i was like 27 you know oh, what so I mean? when, when we met yeah, oh, yeah yeah not long after we met so i kind of um i was always into it i, I was going out um but you know like so from like 16 to 20 it was more like the raves so like happy hardcore gabba hard styles and then um then the whole dubstep thing happened and i was i was pretty into that like uh it was a pretty uh important night called uh, void which i used to go to which was like uh that wasn't at the gladstone was it no yeah, so that's kind of that was like a different vein of 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 the dubstep sound but you know similar similar era mm. um but the, the void stuff was was a bit deeper but yeah like that was that and then uh and then i moved to then i moved overseas and then that was when like the house and techno thing kind of happened so you know what i mean i think i went that was was it just london you, you, you're living in london for a bit there. I, I lived in london but like i just constantly go to europe you know what i mean and it was you know like when, when I was already, like, playing a bit of house, like, the way it worked was the way I had it cracking. I had, like, three different aliases, you know what I mean? I had mm-hmm. one for, like, UK-based fidget-type stuff. I had one for dubstep. Then I had one for techno and house. Mm-hmm. And then, like, after six months over there, my first summer in Europe, which I think a lot of people have experienced, was just, like, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, house and techno, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, shit, like, I went to, like, Sonar in, like, the first month I was there, you know? Like, shit, mm-hmm. shit like that. I went to... I went to Bergheim for the first time. So, Sonar's in Spain? Yeah, Sonar yeah. in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what I mean? And then I went to like Bergheim for the first time, Fabric for the first time, um, and shit like that. You just very quickly, you just get sucked into the house and techno vortex. You just mm-hmm. kind of like nothing else exists for a while, you know? Mm. And like, so of, of all of those, <clears throat> what, what's... What do we, what do we do the the best over here? You know, like if you know, obviously we've got some festivals like Subsonic that are that like some of our premier sort of things. Um, I don't I don't I don't know that we've managed to keep that many quality clubs open through. I think I think the reality is is that the, the legislation in Australia, um, and we could talk about cultural things as well but predominantly it's the legislation which really holds Australian clubs back, you know what I mean? So if you want to look at the uh, golden eras uh, of clubbing and or dance music in certain cities, they usually um, they usually coincide with um, periods of downturn, periods of uh, not-so-strict government, you know what I mean? I think you could, you know, you could look at 70s, 80s New York I mean you can look at 90s Berlin um, so just times where the, the city's got bigger things to worry about yeah big, than, bigger yeah. things to worry about um, uh, so, social change as in a whole bunch of people in that city you know they don't they don't have much money so they go out a lot you know what I mean and a lot of them there's a lot of unemployment that type of thing um, mm. yeah so I just don't think that Sydney, Sydney just doesn't doesn't really have that. Sydney's a very safe place. It's very highly regulated. Hmm. You know what I mean. Um, so in terms of like clubs, inverted commas, you know, I don't think we've ever, we've, you know, you, you don't, you'd never really come close. So, you know, as, as far as I understand, we did have a golden era. 
before but, our time kind of thing. Yeah, before our time. So that was kind of like the early 90s. My understanding is that there was a bit more of a lawless time. All this is the warehouse parties and like the, the bush parties that we do, but we're talking about just like clubs and stuff like legalized kind of things. So there was a bunch of DJs called the Rat Pack as far as I understand. And they used to throw like um, early 90s, I understand like 5,000 people at the Horton. And I heard that was pretty yeah bananas I like spoke- pretty pretty nuts like just like you know the authorities were playing catch up but now now everyone knows what's going on mm. you know what i mean it's kind of like like you talk to some of the club owners in sydney and it's kind of like it's draconian you know what i mean it's like mm. fuggish their their relationship with the police so you know going back to your original question i just don't think that we just can't compete you mm. know you know there is there is no comparison between um australian venues and and venues in europe um not just because uh, of the cultural aspects that are different between uh, different countries in Europe and Australia, but just just the legislation is just not possible, man. I mm. mean, you could just look at the lockouts, for instance. You kind of thing. I mean, that was just, you know, how how are you meant to run a business? Imagine imagine being an industry. Imagine if you ran a I don't know a trucking business and the government was like, yeah, trucks are dangerous. You're only allowed to have your trucks on the road four hours a day instead of eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean you're going to go broke? Well, trucks are dangerous, mate. Sorry. Should have thought of that before you got into a dangerous business. Should have, should have <laughs> thought of that because you, before you opened a business in an area was locally real estate. <laughs> well, I, I, I remember, uh, I guess we had started mixing a lot <clears throat> um, together just in Sydney where, oh yeah, the fucking plugs come out. So that was my fault. The violent cough. You, did you kick the uh, the box that's holding the precarious cable in so that we? Hear I don't remember. Headphones? I don't remember kicking the box. <laughs> this could it be could a be this, It could issue. be this Canadian club. Yeah, look, um, I generally like to keep uh, <laughs> generally like to keep shout outs pretty positive, but I've got to say, not a lot of great things to say about the Behringer preamp headphone thing. <laughs> that, or is it? Is it? What's is it, it? I mean, like when someone says Behringer, hello. Yeah, yeah the doof. When yeah, someone says Behringer, I'm like, oh, yeah, what'd they copy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the, the, the weird one is I went to the music shop to get this. Um, it's a little uh, preamp thing. So <clears throat> for those who are interested, we've got, um, we're running through some turntables into a zone and then that goes out in the left and right into a Roland sound card. And so that Roland sound card is then into a... The sound, uh, cards, the sound card's good. It's a good one. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Good, it's a good sound I noticed, card. I noticed a bit of latency. So, like, what we have got now is our microphones are going into that. And then you can mute the channels on there. So, what I've actually got is I've got the turntables muted on the sound card, but the microphone's not muted. And then I've got the microphones muted on the Mac, and then the turntable's not muted on the Mac. So, it all comes through. And uh, unfortunately, the input plug on this Behringer preamp thing, which then we can control our, both of our headphones, is um, very precarious. You have to have it sort of plugged in for it to come out of both earphones. It's, so. it's crazy that the cheapest thing in the link is the thing that's the problem. Most. <laughs> but the thing is, I went into the shop. I was Bad like, Behringer. What's, what's, I was like, do you have anything for like like a little preamp I can plug on my headphones? In? They're like, yeah, yeah, we've got one. I'm like, sweet. So I got drove down. And they're like, they handed me this bearing. I'm like, oh, okay, so uh, what's what's the other one? They're like, this is the only one. I'm like, this can't be the only one you do. But well, this is yeah. in, you're in Newy, right? Yeah, yeah Muso's Corner. They're uh, yeah, they're good. 
salesmen, bro. I don't know. You know, they kind of got guess, like, yeah. they're like, oh, we've got to get rid of these Berenger things. Just push them, man. I guess, get I guess the, those kind of shops make more money from like people who are thinking about, thinking about getting into stuff, not actually like professionals who buy high quality gear. They don't go to music shops, I guess. They, they just go directly to higher end suppliers and things. Well, they just they're more, they're more clued on, I guess. I mean, if you the more clued on about stuff, you just get stuff off the internet, right? Mm. You just order it in. Mm. I'm trying I to think. I just always buy everything in a rushed manner. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I need this. Fuck it, I'll just pay extra. Yeah, I don't I, think I've ever bought anything related to music in a considered manner. <laughs> or in, impulse buys. Every synth I've got, every drum machine, yeah, turntables. Well, the, the, the old tax return. Bro, the tax return. <laughs> I wish they could like I don't know just maybe there's like a, a box you can tick where they just keep your tax return for 10 years that'd be interesting uh, I just, they don't want that though the, the government wants you to spend it it's the whole fucking point it's yeah. like it's it's like you know what I mean and by that by, by I mean it's the whole fucking point that's my opinion and it's probably baseless but like you know they're like we're gonna keep this money it's like an interest free loan for us and then you definitely spend it please mm. yeah it's like some human human psyche shit going and they're like yeah yeah, people will definitely spend, and we need people to spend money. So let's just let's give them a lump sum. Spend yada yada in. yada. They get GST back on that, and every company tax, and every <laughs> tax on the actual uh, items. Yeah, it all can comes you, back. Can you imagine back. being a politician? Like, what a shit job! Like, imagine you have like a shit day at work. <laughs> you know, you know I, no I, had a, I had a pretty bad day this week, and you just like you're on front pages of the newspaper. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because like the reality is, is that like sometimes. Either you're like, obviously this is an opinion, obviously you're just like a useless person within your industry and you shouldn't really be working there or it's, you know, mm. it's beyond you. Or you're just having a shit day. Mm. So like, you know, if you gave a lot of politicians the benefit of the doubt, you know, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I'm on the front page of the newspaper again. <laughs> yeah, I can't be, I can't imagine what it'd be I'd, like to be. I'd be done recently. I recently moved house and I, I cleaned rooms and I finally had enough time to like consolidate my like, my study desk and I would have... 45 highlighters because <laughs> every time I need one I just take one from work and I just haven't really realised that they must because you know they're in a bag they're on my desk at work they're like in another thing but once I finally had time like to clean my room because I just moved house I got like a huge crate of them like boom front page embezzlement <laughs> highlighter scandal yeah I guess that's um, stealing from work what a way to go so, some people go to Hawaii during the middle of the Largest bushfire crisis oh, some people still highlight. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know? Like, fuck. Yeah, it didn't play well. Do you know well. what I mean? It didn't play well at all. Oh, <laughs> what a fucking dildo. <laughs> Your job's like to run the country. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like your house is on fire. <laughs> yeah, you come home. Oh, so keen on that holiday of the Great Barrier Reef. We'll just sort this fire out when we come back. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just... What a dildo. Dead set. Do you know, I literally... I actually don't like saying the word dildo. And I actually started saying it when that happened. And I, it's now in my vernacular. It's, it's, it's now. But I just couldn't think, you know. I didn't. I was just like... It's not really like... He's not really a fuckwit. Like, he is a fuckwit. But that's not like a fuckwit thing. That's just like... You were so stupid. <laughs> you were essentially have the intelligence of a giant rubber dick. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's what a dildo. <laughs> Fuck. Don't get me started on those. Like, oh, 
that that slush fun shit that's happening with all that all those sports academy centers is an absolute joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like dedicating money to provide sporting facilities throughout the community, great. Assigning a minister with an agenda and only giving that money to marginal electorates where the <laughs> where the election lies. You know what I mean? It's like it's like turning up to play Uno with your mates and you got all these fucking draw fours in your pocket. You know, you just it's just cheating. It's just fucking it's outrageous, bro. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, if you ever if you ever have to play Uno with a liberal, they need to be searched at the door. Is this like where's this does this does this culture of cheating win at all costs? Does it permeate into their Uno capabilities? Yeah. It always bothers me that it's it's actually called a liberal party because the, the the term like you listen to enough American media, they use liberal as like an offensive term for the opposite group. Like, oh damn liberals, you know, but they people mean, who want like, like more socially liberal. Yeah, my understanding is it's like um it's it's liberal in the sense where they don't want they don't want regulation, you know, they're about business. They want like they want freedom in, in that sense. They're, that the liberal doesn't mean socialism Socialism, you know what i mean but like with like the english language you know words get uh bastardized and twisted and Mm. their meaning changes you know what i mean like if if everyone was still utilizing the old english meanings you know a lot of shit wouldn't make sense can you imagine like accidentally falling into some type of time vortex and turning up here like you know you're like you're like like from four thousand years ago and there's people like saying lol and yeah, be right yeah. back and just like OMG. Just be like, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, that, 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 oh, stuff makes, the, that stuff these... makes very little sense. But like, then you've got things like I use the word sick like far too often. That word. That's or, what I mean. They'd that be, word already. They'd be, that's exactly. That's exactly what I mean. They'd be so fucked up by that. Yeah, that word already. Like, has I am a not meaning. sick. That already. <laughs> I am of perfect health. A fit gentleman. A suitor. Or mad. Oh, that's fucking mad. Mad. Yeah. Mad, that's mad. another thing. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Well, it, it does. It does to us. Yeah. It does to us. And then, but how can you t- how can you live in a world where you got that? That's just the norm. But then you're going to start restricting certain words. The word police. Yeah, the word police. What do you think about the word police, Nate? I've never met are any they, word are police. They, are, they, are they dildos as well? No, I got to be. I'm not great with words. I got to be careful. <laughs> I think I told you once that. Uh, that I want to bash the English language because it's so hard and then you told me back that the English language wants to bash you because you always fuck up all your words so much. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely... Like, you're right. You're right. It's yeah, after me. You're right up there with my boss's boss as to, like, I need to have, like, a hieroglyphical, um, you know, consultant on standby to understand what, you know, what their, the meaning of your texts are. It's and a... It's it's like I've now... I'm now working in an office and it's like... It's a constant burden. It's it's quite confronting. I am getting better. Hashtag Grammarly. Um, <laughs> but yeah. It's actually... It's, it's it's like... It's weird. It's it's quite it's quite handy to like... Uh, being like a young person and not really being that great at spelling because it really changes the way you think about things because you have to constantly think outside the square. To, like, I'm still shit at spelling, so usually when I try and spell a word, I'll put it into Google, but I'll put it in context in a sentence. You know what I mean? That's how I'll get there. But obviously, you know, if it, like, writing emails for me, it's just hell. Hell well, on yeah, earth. Yeah, I, I recall you were writing some short stories to try and make yourself better about, you know, cockroach invasions and... Yeah, I got them still. Synchronized swimming, testicle flop-outs and 
all sorts of I things. never finished any of them. <laughs> no, I was dating this chick and she was like, she was, had a go at my spelling. I was like, oh shit, yeah, I'm going to fix it. So I bought heaps of books and like for like three months I was really on it. And like the crazy thing is, it's like, you know, I stopped putting all my time and energy into doing music and I just focused on something else. <laughs> on and, I started, <laughs> and I started to fix it. But then, you know, I got over that. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> So speaking of putting your time and energy into music, um, what are you gonna what are you gonna throw on for us first? Um, I'm just gonna get straight into it because I'm all revved up because I got a new job yesterday. I've just been on a uh, a high ever since because like my current job sucks. I'm not even gonna tell you what it is because you already know what it is. So I'm gonna pitch it all the way up.
Dwarf. Um, you're probably shocked I played that, but uh, I, I generally think it's a great track, um, and it's from an interesting time in uh, music at large. You know what I mean? It's from like 1990. It's kind of a point where you know, like dance music was a thing by then, but you still kind of needed a big studio to make it, and you know, a lot of big record companies put a lot of money into it. You know, and and a group like Snap's a perfect example of that. They're from Germany, you know, and then, then you know they. Turned out a hit record. That's from, a hit from, record from Germany. Yeah, bro. Oh, okay. So, so what? They just got like an American uh, rapper over the top, Mate, like, or is like it? big record companies. They're just a big. They're just a big. You know, money making. You know, they weren't especially back then. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, there was no internet. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like the cassettes were the worry. Cassettes are killing the music industry. No, I, my, Dubbing my is killing. <laughs> one of my favorite record labels is called Home Taping. Is killing. Uh, is killing music or something? Yeah, like that, that's yeah. it. You know what I mean. And people, people just people have been bootlegging since the since the since they possibly could. Um, Can you um, pick that? No, no, other way around. If you pull that lever up so that I can't hear the um. Oh, you want me to turn the record off? <laughs> it was just this tiny little like buzz. I've been hanging out with you for five years. And you've never, never have you ever <laughs> mentioned anything <laughs> as a lever. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, don't I know it's pretty normally, fancy down I here. Just, I should have just said, take the um, turn the was, turn the track off. Yeah, turn the track off. Because I thought you meant like a lever, like Use like some words. type of secret lever. It's kind <laughs> of a bit of like a James Bond lair down here, you know. Like I don't know if you've got a secret lever. Well, that's, this is the the first um, episode we're recording in here. Oh I, no way! I only just put <clears throat> up the uh, the episode with Zoot, which I recorded like in August. <laughs> I noticed you were talking about Subsonic and shit. <laughs> I listened to it on the way up. That was before we, um, yeah, that was before we knew that Subsonic was never going to happen. I don't know where, where are we at with Subsonic? Is it is it? Yeah, I read They're the in a post. Lawsuit. Oh shit! Something about they had uh, an insurance policy and they're not going to pay out. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. Funny that insurance companies mm. not want to pay out. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, no, I had I had Zoot down at Touch of Loft um, like two weekends ago for like he came and played uh, a live set, just launched an EP from uh, this Mashubi dude that I've been working with. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to see him do his thing, you know, just play really like cool house music live. That was pretty great. Um, yeah, I think uh, f- I think for what he's doing, like like in terms of how it sounds, I don't think there's many people doing it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's loads of people doing it, but like I, I just don't know about them. You know what I mean? Everyone I know yeah. that plays live, it's not certainly not locally here, though, right? Like, right. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend like I know everyone. There's so, surely there's someone, but it's not. 
It's like halfway between dusty NPC shit and like a bit more polished, which is nice. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I've heard him. Um, he's been doing really well uh, as far as the the current sort of sash sound, for lack of a better term, like the more European influence. Yeah, uh, definitely. Minimal and house and stuff. But but when he came over and and um, played a few records here, there was like a lot of like. Um, well, first of all, he started off with like some hip hop and soul and bits and pieces, but <clears throat> then he. Um, He'd actually uh, recently taken a bit of a dive into some of the more '90s influences, like your Detroit heavy sort of sounds, yeah, I was... which is which is where where I've sort of I've I've maintained a pretty solid love for that. And uh, Mooney, who's um, uh, a Newcastle local, has recently just fallen off the deep end with um, with Detroit sort of inspired house, and it's it's just I, I don't know. I kind of hope that that kind of comes back a little bit. Um, uh, or becomes a bit bit more of a thing here. That's does that does that correspond with both of them starting to record shop? You know what I mean. I, I like, believe so. Yeah. Especially if you go into somewhere with a decent second year collection. You know what I mean. You can, uh, especially when you start. You know, you get very caught up uh, in the new. Yeah. You know, and there is a real um, culture of uh, going back within dance music, and I think that's a pardon me um, linked to to record shopping. Mm-hmm. You know, the capacity to. Uh, go to a place and have music across 30 years, you know, mm. as opposed to, say, Beatport where, you know, maybe it's 10 years old, I don't know, but, like, it, it, the way it's geared is new, 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 you know, mm. that's not necessarily the case with a record store, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I know Zoot was saying, you know, you went digging in Japan, I know you love digging in Japan. <coughs> um, you lived in Japan for a while. Yeah, it's like pre, pre-Dorf, I was like 10. Pre-Dorf? The land before Dorf? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You want to hear me say some Japanese, I can say... Uh, Nihongo wa zenzen wa katoru da ne. I really want to know what that means. It means I can't speak any Japanese. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I bother to remember. Because, <laughs> mate, you tell people who live in Japan, like, can you speak Japanese? And like, yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you could say, yeah, I can speak Japanese, say that, but what you're really saying is that you can't speak Japanese. Yeah. But they now think that you can because yeah, you yeah. just Actually, I, I bumped into... Uh, I was chatting to this dude at Subsonic a couple of years ago and he was from Japan. I told him where I lived and he was like, he'd spent enough time here to like understand how to express the fact where I live was a shithole. You know what I mean? He's like, dude, that's like the sticks. It's like Bunkinville. What the hell were you doing out there? Like, I don't know. And then he like, when he said that, I'm like, oh yeah, because it was just like brutalist apartment block, rice paddy. Brutalist apartment block, rice paddy. What were you doing over there? Uh, parents took us over there. Dad, oh yeah, that's dad, right. Your dad. dad did like an exchange. Yeah, it's mad, bro. I did like no school. I just played dodgeball. <laughs> mad. I was like so stronger that, than everyone. I was just hurling dodgeballs. Yeah. Oh, well, that kind of links in with our discussion about spelling and grammar. <laughs> nah, dude. It was. It, nah, it was. It. It was so good because like. It it, it removed me from uh. It removed me from a situation where that was such a hindrance, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, going to school and, like, having that, you know, it was a total pain in the ass. It totally destroyed my self-esteem. This is, like, way before. I'm, like, obviously reflecting now, you know, I wasn't, like, 10 and had the capacity to be, like, I'm depressed and it's linked to my inability to succeed in school, you know what I mean? That's not what was happening, but... Looking back now, it was, like, once I was removed from that, I could just be, like, you know, I could just be Nath. It didn't matter. Yeah. Obviously, I was double fucked by the time I got That's back. That's what I'm more referring yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but man, I was good at dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. No one wanted to play. Went back to my school. <laughs> no, no one in Australia, no? 
it's handball, bro. You know yeah. how it is. Yeah, it's a different. Did you have it like when you game. first started high school? Was it like heaps of different? Ha- did you? I'm guessing you played handball, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went up. to school on the coast, so I don't know. You if don't you, get. You, you don't got get, tennis balls on the coast, yeah. You don't get as good at maths <laughs> and as lanky as me, and not be a bit into handball. That's seriously. That's I didn't know there quite, was a, yeah, a link between linked. academic uh, mathematical uh, yeah. ability and slogs. Well, see, girls don't like handball. So oh, girls are more interested in, um, I guess, um, the footy boys. So I see. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, which uh, it's true. I don't. I don't ever recall like. Uh, yeah, the, the, the guy in Kings having all these hot babes. Like, yeah, they don't. They don't. Yeah, like you know, you, you're like you. Oh, you, you get into what you think's the line to get on the court, but it's just yeah, the groupies yeah. hanging around Kings. Yeah, don't you get me wrong. Really, you're I, in the wrong. You got to go back around, yeah. back down to where Dungs is, so you can actually be in the line. Yeah, d- don't get me wrong. If um uh, a little honey had come up and asked to be first reserve, I would have made that happen. But all right, so this is exactly what I'm talking about. Not, what does first reserve mean? First reserve, like you're you're. Next in, it was a big, it was a big issue. But it's a really big line, though. Right? Yeah, but, but like, so you if, had names for the people in the lines. What, what if someone, what if someone like needs to get something out of their bag? Then you're out, bro. End of the no, line. No, I'm first reserve. I'm first reserve. I just got to get something out of a bag. What are you getting out of your bag? So, I don't know. Maybe fingerless roll scrub, up, fingerless scrubs to face. Roll up. <laughs> How? What? What was the quality of your uh, lunches going dunk, to school? Dunk- you ro- dunkaroos were were a big part. Fucking la di da. Look yeah, at you, dunkaroos. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah look. There were days where I trade my I'd trade my school shoes for a roll up or a dunkaroo. Yeah, we didn't get roll ups a lot. Like oh, um, when guys, we did, they're probably ter- terrible for you. I haven't seen yeah, them around. I, I look back on it. I'm yeah. are, are they even legal to to? I don't know the how they. Yet? I don't know how they like yeah. exist in a uh, culture that's it's, more aware of the dangers of sugar, considering it, they are just sugar. It's probably healthier to give them a <laughs> packet of cigarettes or a, a six pack of beer than, than a, a roll up every day. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Could you smoke a roll up? <laughs> that's the question. I don't know, man. I went to public school, so someone probably tried. Like, there's, there's no, no doubt in my mind that it, it was given a go. We tried to smoke fads. That, that's I know. I remember doing that. Yeah, but you meant to, right? That's like yeah, the whole yeah, point yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, like, well, surely doesn't like Winfield own fads? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Let's make a lolly that looks like Dory's. Do you know what I mean? Like, either they're like some big, addictive, like secret entity that's interested in getting people hooked, hooked on cigarettes, give them cancer, or they just actually produce cigarettes on the. Well, as well i don't know yeah sorry fads if that's really the case yeah well just like fads were potentially taking you away from the handball court and calling for issues such as first reserve i think that i got no idea what this is though smoking in uh clubs or not in clubs is one of my most infuriating things because when you when you got a night that's starting to peter out a little bit and someone inevitably wants to go for a dart it doesn't take much to derail, and Fuck then the, and then, and then and it just becomes a smokers' lounge. No diaries in no. clubs killed the breakdown. No breakdowns. Yeah, no breakdowns. We did. Uh, we did a. We, like I did a touch of off like uh, two weekends ago. So I was saying yada yada yada, and this this chick came up to me and she's like, "Excuse me, that person's smoking inside." I'm like, "Yeah, it's like a warehouse party. It's kind of the point." She's like, "Oh, can I tell them to go out? Can I tell them to go outside?" I'm like. Oh, not really. That's kind of the whole point of this. It's like there are no rules here. That's why we put the effort into running these events outside of where the she's like she, is. that's she's used to that. And I get there's like extreme health ramifications, but fuck yeah. that shit, you know. <laughs> Whatever, like you know, you know, mate. It was so hot that weekend. She should have been worried about the extreme heat. You know, we had to stop the gig halfway through. Go. 
got the DJ on. Uh, James Ross was DJing for me. Got him to throw some ambient music. I had to open all the doors and the windows for like 10 minutes. Fuck. They was cooking in there, bro. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Was this uh, the one you did um, near, near loft, Central? Yeah, this loft space um, near Central. Shout out, P-Smurf. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was like, it's pretty bad. Yeah, in fact, was, I was oh, I, I oh, moved I house. That was that fucking yeah. Yeah, you I, played there. That's I, where I did the first loft. I did the first loft there five years ago. Yeah, yeah, and that was um that was what two weekends ago or last weekend? Uh, it was last weekend. Yeah, because, it was last weekend. Because, it feels um, like two I, weekends I, I ago. Couldn't, I couldn't go because I was at a wedding, and at the wedding, um, you love like, going to weddings. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I was um there were four girls um or four ladies um fainted oh. One definitely fainted. You look good uh, in that suit. Mate. I agree. I might have fainted as well. <laughs> I seen the I seen the Instagram photos. You you and your you and your wife Becca good on good with the photos. You should start uh, product placing shit. I reckon. Yeah, is that right? Is that yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, Cooper should be giving you a free case a week <laughs> yeah, yeah. just from jakesonthebeers.com. I've been working on Facebook. That. Look it up. I'm I'm, tr- I'm thinking of just announcing them as a sponsor of. I'll this call them podcast. right now. <laughs> They've got to have a hotline. Was it Cooper's? One eight hundred brewery. Yeah. <laughs> One second. Oh, uh, should I play another record? Yeah, sure. What do you got? Uh, right. This is a bloke called um, hang on, <clears throat> Carmel Williams. Uh, my understanding is he's like a producer, or he like plays some instruments. I didn't really have that much time to do prep for this, so I apologize. But um, yeah, it it it's amazing. It kind of sounds like a synthesizer punching on with uh, guitar and drums so if you can imagine like a synthesizer at one end of the bar drums and the guitar walk in on the other side and they kind of like start arguing and shit just really escalates it's kind of got a depth from above 1979 vibes oh no shit yeah you might really like this in fact I already know you're really gonna like that's why I brought it they were um they were described as dance punk once and I've never heard it before or since
So, uh, who do you think? Who do you think won? I'm pretty sure the drums and the guitar. Yeah, ba- bash the synth. I, I but not in a bad way. They'll probably be friends after. But like for whatever reason, they yeah, up. yeah. But it, it's kind of like um, the very end of uh, Rocky when they're about to fight to determine who really is the best, and you only see them just about to lay that final hit. So you never really know who who won. But you're saying it's undetermined. Well, Fucking I feel like it it's again. still. I feel like it's still going. I feel like it's not. You know, like you don't hear like a bow and then that's over, you know, like, and then there's the victor. You just hear, it's almost like he's beating the little living fuck out of it, but uh, they're like rapidly running away. Like a Tom and Jerry, um, you know, the cartoon where like they might be uh, brawling uh, into the distance. What would Tom and, that's the, what would they do if they didn't have each other? Oh, I, don't I, know. I, I agree there is no like kind of uh, outcome to the song. It, it's just, a, it's an elaborate live jam. That's why I kind of like it so much. And I especially like it, the fact that they put it on vinyl. It's just this, <laughs> it's just, it just sounds like a bunch of uh, people having a mad jam. It's actually out on um, Kate 7, which is which is a pretty big label. So, I mean, you accidentally, you're accidentally going to find out about it. Um, they, they do DJ Kicks. Most people are probably familiar with that pretty... Um, uh, big mix CD. Uh, Carmen Williams actually did the last one, and this is like a, a twelve, which has come out in and around it. Um, but yeah, like he's obviously not a DJ. Like I mean, my mm. my DJ, my DJ, my DJ in me was uh, <clears throat> outraged the fact that it's like really good music, but like oh my gosh, it's terribly mixed. Yeah, yeah. But then it's like he obviously can play like nine instruments, so like you know, yeah. Like, well, I give him a break. Uh, I mean, he's the founder of the Black Focus Records, I suppose. And um, oh shit, bro, his um, his real name's Henry Williams, aka Henry Wu. So is it the same person then? Kamal Williams, bro. Is Henry Wu as well? Is Henry Wu. Oh. Yeah. So, so does that make you more furious that uh, someone who very adept at um. DJ in production and right into that has made something so unfriendly to the format. <laughs> no, no. And, and the, the absurdity is, is what it's, it attracts me so much. The fact that it just completely blows up on itself just is great. Like, I, I'm, I just, you know, it's like, it's one of the things I like about jazz is the fact there is no rules, you know what I mean? Like, there's, mm. there's, that, that record doesn't follow any rules. It's kind of like starts off, it's like, you know, I'll give you an example. It's it's kind of like it's like this the the backbone of that is just this non-changing, arpeggiated synth part. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's it just shouldn't like that pissed me off at first. I was like, dude, twiddle some knobs and change it. It's just the same thing. And then mm. it's yeah. I, I the reason I like that that record so much is just doesn't follow any rules. It's, it's just a jam. <laughs> it's just a jam. Yeah. Like I just. Formulaic music makes me upset, even though I like DJ House and Techno. <laughs> but you know what I mean, like things that just just do something just because. You know what I mean, like mm. a lot of dance music is formulaic because it's meant for DJs. DJs are meant to take that music and mix it, layer it over each other, and uh, impart their own personality and their own artistry onto said records, hence why they are repetitive, you know what I mean? So what's your take on, on, I guess, like the most common uh, expression of that, of that performance, which is like a lot of like long, drawn out, minimal sort of mixes? It's kind of the opposite of what you do. 
um, in many respects. And <clears throat> what's part- my take on it? Uh, well, well, I like- think I think it's I think it's good. I think that I'm at an age now where I'm 32, where I've been, you know, I've been I've been into DJing, going out longer than I've done anything. I've done it longer than I've surfed. I've done it longer than I did graffiti. I've done it longer than I've done rugby. So what I'm trying to get at is that I'm I'm at peace with trying to like. Uh, put different scenes or different interpretations of the doof in a fucking hierarchy. Mm. You know what I mean? Sometimes I might want to go to like a, a minimal party and just listen to like shuffling high outs for 17 hours, you know? <laughs> and, but you know, other times I'm just like, fuck that, you know? But, yeah. um, yeah, well, I, I, the, the I, I, capability I'll... to be an artist, the capacity rather, is, exists within all, all DJ fields. Joel, can you get me um, and Nath a uh, beer out of the... Yeah, there's a cold freezer. Bit. Yeah, the beer. Um, yeah, just in the top. Thanks, brother. So, uh, yeah, is like, that the loudest fridge in Australia? Yeah. Oh, the, the first time I came here, I think I was dropping off some speakers. Yeah, bro, it, it's, it's, it's chocked up with PPE at the moment. Like, there's, um, there's work shirts holding it up to try and, like, muffle the sound. Hectic. Um, yeah, like, I've built... It, the, it's got the a ir- muffler. The irony, <laughs> the irony of this studio that we've built is, like... We've gone like 13 mils sound check, um, like a fibrous type, like cement chip rock sort of stuff. Um, yeah, blue board on the outside, sound batten, like like as dense a foam as we could afford. That's in the roof as well. And then we've got, uh, you know, acoustic foam uh, treated certain spots here. We've got uh, the doors that are quite heavy and thick, plus curtains. We've gone all fucking out. And then in... In the end, the biggest noise issue is something we've brought into the place, which is the fucking. Well, fridge. the noise, the noise is like contained. I mean, like that, that like. I think we would have got noise complaints about the fridge if we didn't go. Judging to this. by how it looks, that was probably a quiet fridge from the day. Oh, like, I think. Yeah, look, that is that fridge older than me. Like oh, that's pretty old. Yeah, yeah, I think that fridge. I don't is, think there wasn't it. There wasn't even the capacity to play digitally when that, that fridge, fridge used was to made. bang your mum's fridge. Like, Whoa! For sure. Like back back in back in fridge high school. Like for sure. I don't even know what to say to that. I don't even I don't have a detailed knowledge of my mum's fridge ownership. So uh I don't know whether to be offended or not. No no no. I we've mean had like, some, we've had some shitty fridges. Fridge cultures it's very different to ours. Like it's not like saying, you know Fridge culture. It's not like a sexual comment. That sounds about like your a mother. cool thing to get into. Yeah, yeah. Well look, I mean when you've been around as many fridges as I have, you know, it's you you tend to pick up on a bit of that cultural thing. A mate of mine, Dover, he uh, he works in frozen seafood. He knows about fridges. I'll get him on the frozen, line. Yeah, see, frozen seafood. That's kind of like... Yeah, it's, it's seafood, me, but frozen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to me, to me he that, spent his whole life in fridges to the point where like, he could right, just wear yeah. shorts in winter. Those are fridges like those massive semi-trucks are cars. Like, it, yeah, they, they do. They're actually, they're freezers. I, I'm totally talking about something yeah. else. No, no, but a fridge that works That bloke's never way. been in a fridge in his life. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I totally fucked this Did up. Did you know that um, fridges work? And I know this for a fact. I definitely don't. Um, they actually work like... It's actually about keeping the freezer cool and then like the, the fridge just cools as a byproduct of that. They don't have like separate, or at least back in the day, you just have like the... It was basically about the freezer and then it would like allow a certain amount of how cold that was into Let's put like a, a duct in between there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're using it every day, like yeah, fridge, fridge, fridge. Refrigeration is a, is a, is a great invention. Terrible for the environment. Yeah. I was at a, I was at a conference the other week and uh, a conference. Uh, yeah, just some like plumbing shit. And the bloke was uh, up there talking and yada yada. I won't go into it too much. But long short, uh, 
the majority of air conditioners out there, they rely on the fact that they need to take the coolness out of the air outside and put hot air back. But like, because the climate's getting warmer, it's making all the air conditioners heaps more inefficient. So therefore, they need oh, more electricity, per- which burns more power, which makes the climate hotter. It's perpetually it's a dangerous loop. Yeah, bro. I just had a uh, an unwarranted meeting with a solar panel salesman today, but I do want solar panels, so I'm. Uh, what do you mean unwarranted? What do you mean? Well, I mean, he, just knocked, like, he knocked on my door and said, "Hey." Well, it's so invasive on a Saturday. I know, I know, I know but he was, you know, he was had dreamy eyes and long blonde hair, and he seemed cool. Watch he seemed out, like Beck. he seemed like he seemed like <laughs> if Jackson Winter was like um jackson winter could sell solar panels yeah yeah, yeah. i'd buy yeah. solar panels so it's just, like, it just like it was just like jackson winter probably not as well spoken but he put more effort into being well spoken so like the result salesman was, like, yeah 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 did yeah. he have a mullet so it's like it's like it's like if you met jackson winter's like not as good younger brother who was trying to be like him that's what it was like fuck i hope he doesn't have a younger brother that sells oh, solar panels in newcastle <laughs> that'd be awkward <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Check yeah. your I phone, mean, bro. I think it's blowing up. <laughs> Jackson's like, hey, you're dissing my bro, man. Yeah, that's um, man. I'd be the first person in the world to get Jackson Winter angry. <laughs> my new housemate, he uh, he installs solar panels, and he he says it's like it's just been so hot they can't really install the solar panels because oh, the roof the, gets too hot. The irony. <laughs> the irony. The best time ever to have solar the panels. The irony. Can't give yeah, up, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's that's right. But um, uh, do you want to talk about the party you're DJing at tonight? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I would just like to point out that I've been planning to come up here for like three months, and you're trying a party tonight, and I found out it through Instagram. <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, oh yeah, I guess we're going to this tonight. <laughs> yeah, look, um, organization in my house is definitely um, Beck's jurisdiction, and so when I when I organize things, <laughs> he's just got to run the um, doof as well. Yeah, when I organize things, it gets out of hand um, very quickly. So, I mean, yeah. We we were planning on um, doing this podcast, and then uh, we've also got a gig with Vibe Tribe. So that's uh, Zoot's uh, little brainchild, and it's um, that's a Zoot thing. Cool man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Zoot's party, and it's uh, so it's got Ryan Moon, Phil Shaw, Zoot, and myself. Um, and uh, yeah, depending on how drunk we get, you'll probably jump on and throw a few records on. I'll definitely, I'll definitely muscle in. <laughs> oh, I got one perfect for this man. Oh. <laughs> Excuse one, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna. I'm not great to play back to back with. Uh, I I think I'm getting better. I, you you and Ben Palis uh, from Color Sound. That was mad, bro. I've Did never the, had that. I've never had that before in my life. It was at my Bucks party, so the pressure was like it was a negative pressure. Like it was like there was no pressure whatsoever. It was. I disagree. It was like 95 percent DJ. Yeah, that's true. That's it true. was like everyone there has the capacity to like. Yeah, there were two kinds of people there. There were trees and DJs. <laughs> I was gonna say there were people who wanted to listen to the new Tool album four times that weekend. <laughs> yeah, wreck and- the new Tool album for me, bro. <laughs> Fuck me, we listened to it like eight times. <laughs> you you were late with the um, sound system for my bucks party so we're all sitting there kind of in the rain listening to a bluetooth speaker and then um we were listening to the tool album but it was sounded so shit that it kind of got you hyped up for it and oh. then you arrived and i'm like yeah all that right. was my plan <laughs> you arrived i'm and winking then- i'm winking at him it's for everyone's benefit <laughs> you know add wink noises um you were you arrived and you just actually finished listening to it in the car with parko and, yeah parko uh, and rory we drove up yeah. in the rain and then um yeah i can't we remember why i was late anyway 
Nah, I wasn't late. I was always going playing getting there at that yeah, time. Yeah, no, no. It's, not, it's, not like you you. Were, it's not like you were later than you said you would be. You didn't say anything. But everyone else was there, and the last thing to get there was the sound. Yeah, so, should organise that better. Yeah, it's I, the bane of our existence driving that fucking that sound system in between Sydney and Newcastle. Well, it's actually it's actually in my van right now. I just drove it back up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, um, that's that's been an interesting one in itself. Just that was a that great. I had a great time at that Bucks party. Mm. Everyone got so fucked up <laughs> that I got to DJ for like five and a half hours straight. <laughs> no one had the capacity to like butt in, and even when they did, I managed to swindle a two hour back to back out of it. <laughs> What a prick. I, I don't think I've heard um, Scatman go for 20 minutes before. Or yeah. 25 minutes. Yeah, I just looped it and had it in the background for ages. It's just like an in-joke for me. I was pretty cooked as well. <laughs> you, had, you had a lot of... Um, yeah, but it's funny, if you take out everything but the vocals, it just goes with everything. It's just... Do you know what I mean? I just took out the hats. I, you know, I, took, I just left the mids. I had the whole... I had like the gain all the way up and just the mids all the way up and I had the bass... And the, and the highs all the way down. I just had it in the background. I had the filter on it, four decks, and I was just like, <laughs> you know. I've, I've often thought about just um, banning CDJs um, from things that I organize um, from now on, you know, like uh, I just don't enjoy um, them as much. I just have so much more fun when it's just records. and Yeah, um, bring, but, another, but, bring another record player. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd love to have three turntables. But every time I think I'm going to do it, I'm going to do a vinyl only party. I'm going to do like, yep, fuck, fuck CDJs off. I see you play and you do something like that, which just makes me think, oh fuck. Every six months, Nate's going to do something like loop scat man underneath some Buddhist um, meditation um, <laughs> chime sounds. And, um, you know, that probably wouldn't have been able to happen without, without the CDJs there. So, but I've got to say, not enough people are using them, in in my opinion, to the level that they're actually a tool that oh. makes their set more interesting. This is something Theo Parrish said, and uh, was that he's not n- by, he's not automatically against new technology, but he's against if the new technology all it does is make it more convenient, all it does is make it easier to do what you were already doing. Then what's there's no point unless you're actually using that new technology to do something more interesting or more expressive, more experimental, more yeah, more. So it, it's fucking outrageous, bro. It's outrageous. Can you imagine if fucking Baffus had driverless cars? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Some of these like some of these like top DJs with fucking sync on. It's jog on you fucking piece. Of, you're a joke, mate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Craig, Craig Lowndes sitting with his fucking feet up. Car does all the work. What a J. <laughs> Craig Lowndes. You know what I mean? Like DJ, disc jockey, you know? Yeah, work, not, not work. a lot of discs going these work. days. Anyway, that's just my um, jaded opinion. Well, you once told me um, as a plumber, you'd be a fool to have not adopted, uh, what is it, the brushes, impact drivers and drill sets when, when they come out, you know, um, to, to, to be glued to, nah, man to run the extension cables that's the that's the legit way that'd be a very silly opinion to have yeah i i, I so yeah, the I cdj stand, versus the turn yeah. turntable makes sense if that's how you make money but um yeah despite that i just have more fun doing it and i don't know if i've you should you should like for me personally you should be utilizing both and i'm not like advocating for like everyone to go out and buy shit tons of records because it's expensive and it's a pain in the ass I just moved house and like Jesus it was like two days of just moving records but like 
I am advocating if, if for you're, that. If you're, if you're like, you know, I, I think that if you're doing art in any capacity, it should be a reflection of who you are in some way. And I would consider DJing art. Mm. And if you're the type of person that's, you know, more interested in... Uh, <laughs> just sitting on two CDs CDs and just fucking cruising then that's chill man but like you know for me it's like I'm I'm, I want to like I want to I want to get it out you know Mm. it's cathartic like when I played at your box I was all fucked up in the head I had a shit week Mm. I was mad you know it was good so that was um, it was good for you to do yeah that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to get at but like having the capacity to like do all that shit across four decks on a decent mix up Mm. You get what I'm trying to say, but like yeah, you know, so you're saying if someone else gets that feeling out of some CDJs, or good, have at it, go for it, or yeah, good, yeah. or good. If that's yeah. if that's if that's if that's how your brain works, or good, you mm. know what I mean. But yeah, that's 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 what I'm trying to get at. You know what I mean? If you you can you can maybe if if, if just playing music is enough for you, mm. and, and 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 you're expressing yourself, then then all good. Yeah, fair enough. Sorry, my. Uh, my boss is calling me. New boss, old boss, old boss. Oh, fuck him! The mutiny at foot. <laughs> nah, not my director. What a challenging man. <laughs> oh well, this one's for him. What? What do you got? Oh yeah, right. Good play music. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, Sleep D on Butter Sessions, and uh, had so little time to prep. I can't remember what side it is again. And um, just playing this just because. Great Australian label, um, and Sleep D put out great music. Um, yeah, and that's and that's 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 enough. You know, the music's great. Yeah, and it's on a seven inch, which is an absolute bass at the play, pricks. Nice and clean, like all my records. What did he? There's um. This is a sound that I've been actually recently getting into. It's more dubby or dub heavy. Spanning across minimal um, tech house and techno, that sort of dubby flavor. Fucking 15 minutes, YouTube, how to make dub chords. Boom. <laughs> nah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's like... Um, genres are uh, genres, uh, important in anything. You know what I'm trying to say, and, and dub techno or, or, or dub wise things are is a genre, but I, I don't think it's. I, I like it a lot. I like the deepness that it adds to things. Yeah, I think it's not necessarily. Um, <clears throat> it, it, it can be too tempting to try and piece things into genres when it's not not altogether necessary. So I, I think it's, it's a diminishing return on discussing genre overly but I think I, the reason I like it because it it, 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 sect, it sets uh, you know constraints it, it sets boundaries and, and you know things that sit in between things are more interesting grey zone's interesting you know what I mean that's, that's interesting for me and um, for me this is a bit of a grey zone track because um has an arpeggiated bass line which is pretty standard across dance music you know what I mean but it, you know it has like a really live sound to it it sounds like a live bass uh, and that coupled with this you know very iconic dubs dubs like stabs um, I think it's a really good um, I don't know I really think it juxtaposes each other really coolly 
Let's have a listen. Oh, we already listened to it. Yeah, right. Like their version of the record store does that make sense it's been around forever yep. shout out the record store 20 years 20 years 20 that's years been open fucking hell, man. that's hectic bro when you were talking about um the sounds in um australia and parties and and whatnot there was a record fair they had at the cafe lounge in darlinghurst mm-hmm. opposite where the record yeah. store is and uh, there was this cat called um peewee that um and there, there's a doodalo video that's online somewhere where you know they're promoting Darlinghurst and the business network there and like like you know small business cafes record stores etc and um they, they 
had a little bit of an interview and I, I, I had a chat with them. Cato had a chat with them as a the record seller and uh, Pee Wee talked about like house and uh, techno music and, and the fact that Australia was actually like very early in, in purveying large um, house and techno and uh, de- well, let's let's just go with dance it, music. Was it Pee Wee Ferris? Is that who it was? I guess so. Is yeah. he like kind of mid-sized blonde yeah, hair? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been around forever. He like the main thing that I'm aware of that he did is uh, plastic, which is like uh, hard trance kind of hard style party. But yeah, he's yeah, he's right. a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I remember seeing him play the Big Day Out Boiler Room when I was like, oh, I don't know, early twenties, and that would have been like pff, I don't know, twenty thousand people. Jesus. But yeah, he's a he's a he's a dude, you know. He's he's been around. He's you know he's like not our generation, but yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was just interesting to me to like because I've come into this, um, I guess, um, subculture. Two thousand fourteen, I think I really got in. Maybe maybe a little bit before that, I started dabbling. Yeah. You know, How long were you playing before I met you? Not long. Not long. Like I, five I, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> bro. It was, it was seventeen and a half <laughs> seconds. Um, yeah, I, I'd had. I think I'd sold my controllers by the time I'd met you. Yeah, because I had. That's a good thing, bro. Yeah, I yeah, would have yeah. judged you. No, hard. but but I, I takes it. I, I went on all three fronts. I, I I bought a controller, like a real small controller for my laptop, and then I'd also bought um, a, a pair of CDJ one thousands and a DJM eight hundred. Oh no, sorry, no. That came later. That replaced the controllers. I CD had, like the one thousand, like 1, CD Mark ones, yes, Mark the CDs. Yep, yep. Dude, no. like if you're if you're used, like I mean, I I grew up playing on those, but if you're used to like the new CDJs, they're actually really hard to play. They're super clunky. Is that right? I haven't I haven't gone backwards. So if I, you're I, if you grew up playing on a two thousand, which is like you know, it's like autopilot pretty much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like especially it's, if it's you're like looking getting at in a brand BPM. new car. Like if you get in a brand new, you know, nice great car, example. And you're kind of like, am I, even Power steering. Really, am I even really driving this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is you driving, oh jumping God, a 1991 pole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great analogy. It's exactly what it is, dude. It's like the equivalent of trying to reverse park an old car and a new car. Like the yeah. clunkiness is, yeah. uh, you know, direct comparison could be the uh, power steering. Yeah. But at the same time, um, and we've all seen it, you, you rely on that equipment too much and you might throw a track on or you go back to back with someone and what you're relying on fails. Like, you know, like maybe the BPM isn't what it says it is. Yeah, that happens. But there. I think that the, the, the CDJs now are so much smarter. But like back then, definitely, if there was like a um, an alternate rhythm in the track, mm. then definitely at times with those early yeah. CDJs, it would read, it wouldn't, it wouldn't give you the BPM quick enough, which is when playing vinyl comes in handy because you mm. can, you've always got that, uh, to, to trust you know what mm. I mean you've got that trust in your capacity to get things in line and just ignore the thing yeah I actually in, 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 with my CDJs I have um, I have electrical tape over the BPMs yeah really when I was when I was living in London and I was throwing parties in this warehouse I was living at anyone that said to me that had mates that could DJ I'd get them to come around and I'd get them up in my studio and I'd make sure I have electrical tape fucking over the BPMs and I'd I'd make them play <laughs> <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> yeah, I got. I got to admit, so um, many cats were like, <laughs> "Oh, trying to pull the tape off." I was like, "No." <laughs> I've um, I've got to admit, yeah. The, I don't know. It, is is it like a male ego? Hundred percent. Because because I hundred percent. There's that for a little while. Like I would sometimes play a little bit of digital, and I, I've 
jug, juggled back and forth a lot over the years on like what my what I want to do because I just don't have the headspace to manage two collections. I just that that's a lot of what it comes down to. So I just stick with records. Yeah, hundred percent. It makes for, it easier. But the the way like your your style of like. I, I remember chatting to you about how you like you said I trust the engineering mm. you know where I I'm just I'm all over the fucking filters but like I wouldn't say you're not a, you're a really good DJ you're mm. very consistent you know what I'm trying to say but it's like that just fucking blew my mind I was like what do you mean oh yeah referring, you know I mean? referring but that, to the EQs but you, but on the, the way, actual mixer that, but you know you're, you're, the way that you the way that you approach DJing just makes sense just to play records you know mm, what I mean you're yeah. very you know, it, it's like this consistency, you know, you, you trust mm. the engineering, it's wax, you trust the mixer, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've started make, trying to be sense. a bit more open-minded and, and like, and think a little bit more about um, about the, the EQ bands and, 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 you know, about what's necessary and trying to, like, grow in the way I mix. But, yeah, I, I don't know how much that's influenced, like, because, like, 90% of the time, my um, if you look at, at the mixer when I'm playing... It's all at twelve o'clock, like yeah. all of the the bands, and I think it changes a bit. I think the the bigger sound systems you get uh, on, yeah. like it's it's more of a magnifying glass, you know. Mm. You, and what I'm trying to say is that, you know, if you have everything at twelve o'clock, for instance, and you've got two tracks in the mix, the fact that uh, for whatever reason one of the tracks hires a mixed higher, mm. you know, that that's more evident. You know what I mean? But like yeah. in, in saying that, oh, is it only other DJs that notice that? It's just all the blokes at the back of the room with their hands folded. Yeah. So not blokes, people. Yeah. <laughs> I'd I'd like it'd be if if a chick was like stroking a chin, is that yeah. like you're like, hey, what's I, up? I think it's. A, Are you a snobby music person? We could be friends. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I think like women are generally more. Uh, the women I've met in house music are generally just nicer. So, like the the idea that they might be uh, chin stroking, they might be more considerate that that would hurt someone's feelings, that they would be judging them. No fucking way, bro. <laughs> I definitely agree. I definitely agree that they're way nicer. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, thinking about other like, like I, I don't hear, I don't hear uh, many women in DJing uh, bagging out other DJs. Fucking oath, they do, bro. Do they? What are they just not talk they? to me? Actually, no. Shouts out to Shay. Shay Shay's very quick to call some call bullshit on on the way someone's mixing. So. Shay, Shay's <laughs> killing it. We yeah, should, she's playing really playing well. Playing Mantra tonight. Is uh, she? Yeah, her in the oh, course. No Fuck yeah. No, Seriously, she's doing, she's is that really this well. weekend? She's um her her rate of improvement was probably the highest out of anyone I've the watched. Last dirty out of, feet out of, she played, she played really good. Yeah, out of anyone, like but like just watching her go from oh I'm gonna give this a bit of a crack because she always loved coming to the events mm. and loved like the music. To she made that step from oh I might give this a go to being v- very good at it. Um, the quickest uh, like probably. It probably took if me about. If you, if you generally have an affinity for it, like if you've already gone all the dwarfs, and you, if you're there for more than just uh, the fact you're uh, you're looking to escape inverted commas uh, and or to socialise, you know it's it, it's very easy to uh, dedicate that energy into DJing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I guess yeah, that's interesting because I, I wasn't going to a lot of parties when I started DJing. I went to one party and I bought my next record the next day. Which party did you go to? I don't know. It was at um, Good God Small Club. I uh-huh. went in there. I was with um, 2014 Good God Small Club. What night? Bro, yeah. Friday I, or a Saturday? I was with I was with Steve Ashley. It was his 18th birthday. Yeah, the Steve. And um, <clears throat> we went and saw Death Grips, and I was there with uh, Josh Imaraj as well. Yeah. Um, and and Death we, Grips, those fucking like, yeah, bro. I got <laughs> I got kicked. What in was the, that? The Metro? Uh, no, uh, Oxford, the Fart Factory. 
Fart Factory. Yeah, the Oxford Fart Factory. Yeah, and, right. Um, I didn't realize it was like an association with methane production. <laughs> nah, yeah, bro. They they do popcorn and farts. Um, so they, <laughs> um, yeah. So we 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 went and saw. I went and saw Death Grips at Big Day Out a few days before. It was a really hot Big Day Out. Mm-hmm. And then um, this has been about seven years ago. Was this seven years ago, Steve? Seven Fuck. years. How ago, old are you now? Ago, ago, ago. You're 25 now. So that was your 18th birthday. So seven years ago, fucking hell, almost to the day. Okay, so, so that's you drag, dragging death groups when you were bro, eighteen. Yeah, yeah, well, I was, I was, I was dating his sister, trying to get in there, and um, but and then she was like, we had to drive him somewhere because he was like, I don't know, he just got his first pubes, couldn't drive, so we we're driving him somewhere, and and he's like, oh, this is all right, and I had death groups on in the car. For those who don't know death groups, just look them up. I can't really describe them. So kind of like meth on top of like nine inch nails rap metal. It's like it's like, like punk, punk rap, yeah, punk yeah. rap, but all their equipment's broken, <laughs> yeah. but in a good yeah. way. But in a good way, yeah, yeah. So that's that's a really good punk rap, but all their equipment's broken, but in a good way. So and uh, yeah, I was just blown away that um he was he was like oh this is good. So for his 18th birthday, we go we got him a ticket. Um, so I went and saw him a couple of days earlier at Big Day Out. We went and I'd gotten kicked in the chest in the mosh and fucking f- um you know I'm six three. Um, yeah, coming in at about dollar five at that point probably, and um, and I knocked over like three people just before getting kicked from this um, dude in the mosh, and I was telling Steve he'd never been to a concert before, so he starts off with Death Grips. No wonder he's so fucked now actually. Um, That's a, so, that'd be a, a heavy mosh. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not like a, I avoid moshes now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't. My, my my dad and I, it's it's like a father son thing. I went I went to Slipknot maybe two years ago with uh, with my good mate uh, Clifton. Aka the creep, and uh, we 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 came down, and Lamb of God was supporting them. It was at the Superdome, just at the top of the stairs. And uh, I've seen some death circles in my time, but my lord, uh, it was it was huge at that point. And that was a support act, and I think we both turned to each other at the same time. We're like, sit, sit we're gonna sit. Yeah, sweet bro, no worries. <laughs> Fuck that. Actually, at that same gig, this uh, this this young chap, um, I think he didn't want to lose his spot before the band started playing uh so he decided to uh you know, relieve himself into two uh cups on the ground and uh you know, with metal gigs there is a there's a really large contingent of older chaps and uh they really didn't appreciate it and i don't know who the fuck started it but someone started saying chug chug and next thing you know there's a fucking like you know a thousand blokes chug 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 and old mate chug two pints of his own warm piss <laughs> Yeah, hats off to him, bro. He didn't lose his spot. I don't know what that means. I'm guessing he needed to piss real yeah, soon yeah. after how, that. How, how much longer till he needed to piss again? That doesn't sound efficient at all. Maybe he just waited. Obviously, but the question is, do you need four cups the next time or two? Like, I don't know. Anyway, that's what I thought to myself oh, as uh, Slipknot played and I was beaten up. <laughs> well, anyway. Back to the first house gig I ever went to. Sorry about that. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'd gone to Death Groups and I was explaining to Stephen, um, yeah, man, like, uh, be careful in this mosh if, you know, if it's a bit too much, just fucking bail because I just got, I got like fucking almost knocked out Fly two kicks. days ago. Flight, like, anyways, <laughs> concert starts, immediate separation, no idea where he is, thinking, ah, oh, fuck, that's my girlfriend's younger brother. Oh, well, hopefully this works out. Yeah, I was pretty drunk, I didn't actually care. Die. And, um, and then Awkward. he, um, and then at the end of the, the concert we run into him again he's like 
I was like, how'd you go? He's like, yeah, it was awesome. I got kicked in the chest. And I'm thinking, oh, that's, <laughs> that's kind of cute. He thinks like it's not really a good concert unless you get kicked in the chest because of what I told him, you know. And, no, no. Dead was set. It the same dude? Bro, dead set a footprint on his white shirt. Like, like very clear. It sounds though, like it's the same prick. Just I don't know, bro. But that was so dense. There wasn't even a, like a death pit. It was just so dense. So I you're saying know, he was a short man because he, he didn't have very long legs, had the capacity to, to like day, lift ca- them up and exert day, I don't force. Think, I don't think we know how it happened it doesn't physically make sense unless he took his shoe off and just pressed if it if you're on listening chest. to this and you know someone that fly kicks and is into death grips get in touch <laughs> yeah 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 we're, <laughs> we're looking really for like you. some closure on this seven year mystery yeah right um, so we come out of that gig and then we're, we're pretty pumped up full of um, piss and vinegar and then my mate josh imirage goes oh there's this hectic dubstep night on out at uh good god small club i know the guy who's working um, behind the bar, we can get in. So we get there. We did not get in. We got in. We got in. We had to pay. Um, and it was not dubstep. <laughs> it was um. It was like very like deep, um, soulful sort of house. Um, all the girls are wearing like normal like Converse's and pants, like jeans. Um, the guys are like similar. Um, you know, it wasn't like a sleazy club environment that I was used to. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting and then like there was big crowd reactions and i was like oh i didn't really make sense to me because my experience of clubbing at the time was you get a big crowd reaction from like a song that everyone knew not and i was i couldn't tell how everyone knew these songs so that's uh, the very next day i kind of went in and i went into the record store and bought um it was like a, a london based uh label Nixwax and turns out it's still to this day one of my more obscure records um but yeah it was just the first one I sort of uh grabbed me after that that gig and um yeah it's it was I'm really interested to know what the night is I'm actually trying to like I, I'm trying to look it up to find out oh, what yeah, it you'd is. be able to find out because we know the date it, it was like it's actually Def Grips Oxford Art Factory 2013 yep. January seven years yeah. but I don't have the I don't have the, the date I need the date because uh, I, be, I, I, used I think to, it was I used dead set your birthday, January 17th or something. Oh, uh, it's January 19th. 19th. Yeah. Let's look it up. So, good God, small club, January 19th. Whatever whatever gig was on in the back room there. So, the, the cat that runs, uh, the cat that was running uh, Good God, Jimmy Singh, I don't really know him, but he used to run a really small record store on uh, Cleveland Street. Yep. Cleveland, um, Cleveland Road? Cleveland is is it road? No, it's street, yeah. Street. It's street. Oh, street. is it street? Oh, fuck, I live there for fucking ages. You should know, bro. <laughs> anyway, when I, was, when I was coming up, I used to froth on, there was like a bunch of them and they used to run a, a radio show called Rochambeau. Anyway, the reason I'm getting at is like... Rochambeau. <laughs> I, used, I used to go down there and he used to have like um, like heaps of American music or and Jamaican shit. And that's like... And that's why that club was so good because that guy had a, he just had a different take on it. You know what I mean? He had a really like diverse, actually I once went to a fucking beach party and he was playing and he was playing like sixties psychedelic rock, but like French versions or French versions of like popular <laughs> psychedelic rock songs. <laughs> and, and to this day, I'm like so keen to find them. I don't know. Maybe I was just really cooked <laughs> on this beach. This is like before terrorism was a thing. And like down um, down near the airport on the other side, on the other side of the water, it, it didn't used to be fenced off. Mm. 
So you used to be able to walk around. That used to be like a really crazy fucking beach all the way through there. Yeah. yeah but the point I'm trying to get at is, it's like you know, Good Girl was a great club. You know what I mean? It's, it was it was diverse, and, and it's really interesting that you say like you know it wasn't like my other clubbing experience because it wasn't like any other club. You know, may yeah. it rest in peace. You know, yeah. but like fuck running a venue in the city. I think we touched on it earlier. Yeah. Just the the reality of the regulation. You know, I think a lot of industries. Um, have uh, draconian regulation for lack mm. of a better term but no, no more than nightlife especially in this mm. city i think you know the, the powers to be don't really understand it you know what i mean yeah they just don't value it even if they I, do you I, think like, gladys used to go out nah i don't think mm. so gladys 22 I, smoking area I, I, talking I, politics <laughs> dari hanging out of her mouth no i don't see it yeah i don't know maybe, maybe a uh, maybe, maybe more of a restaurant gal um i, I don't know like i think like a lot of the people that make the decisions, like maybe they had some clubbing experience and they can't exactly understand how the experiences they had would be necessarily limited by the decisions they made. But yeah, they, they, they wouldn't it's, be it's able to discern. It's an appreciation, you know, get, you get what I'm saying? So like obviously that, you know, they would understand, let's say for instance, public transport. Mm. You know, they would understand, um, I don't know, certain aspects of public life. But they they don't you. Know, it's like I I understand the value of a good night out, meeting people. The reality is that Sydney is a very big city, and often the only time you'll ever brush shoulders with people from different parts of your city is in a nightclub, or is at a festival. You know what I mean? It's 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 the music brings people together, and you know it's like. Not just different parts of Sydney, different races, different nationalities, different socioeconomic, you know, things. It's like, that's really fucking important, man, because, mm. like, you can really get caught up in it. And, man, I still have, like, biases against certain areas of Sydney, you know what I mean? But, like, yeah. you, end, you end up at a nightclub and you're, like, you're chatting to some bloke, say, from, like, the Shire or something. You're like, you know what? Yeah. You're not all like Scott Mo, I think. Yeah. <laughs> what a dildo. Well, I, 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 you're not all dildos. Um, I, I had a really similar experience out at... Um, uh, bush when I first started going to bush tours, the side trans sort of scene, yeah. And like, um, one of my friends who was uh right into the band scene is uh in the band Z Horse who play in Sydney, yeah, uh, the Z Horse, yeah, the Z Horse, that's right. And uh, he he pointed out, he said, Man, this is insane. It's like you've got on the one hand, like most of the demographic is like like hardcore, like hippie dreadlocks, white people with dreadlock, kind of you know, selling necklaces kind of people, and then the next, the next portion is like full-on redneck kind of you know like you just like they'd have a good time just redneck grungy doof monsters and then and then you had like cats like us who'd, who'd rock up go to your first one not really know what the hell they were watching go to the second one then you'd buy all the bloody um mandala shirts and fucking you know go nuts and you know it's, it, a, it's it, a deep hole the site yeah like you yeah. really fall down there so you've just handed me your phone you found the event compound presents 10 plus sound system that does not surprise me at all that it was compound. Yeah, that's not a, at all. That makes a lot of sense, bro. It's compound, good party. compound was was great. It was really good. That was a that was a quite a um, they had a good run. They it, did uh, an unfortunate finish. Zeus and Subski they run it. I seen. I think I, I saw I saw uh, Subski play at um, Angela Trench's Doof down the South Coast way. Yeah. And it was like, it was the first time in my life I've watched someone play that played like half his set was records I owned. 
Yeah, no way. Yeah, and I was like, I like really creeped him out. I think because I was like, oh, I know you make music, man. I saw your set. I was like, can you give me some music for the label? You know what I mean? He just stopped replying to my messages. I creeped him out. <laughs> but really, it fucked me up. I was pretty high. It fucked me up. I was like, I got this record. I got this record as well. Oh my god, it's like my musical. Whoa, what the fuck? So you're like a musical stalker. Yeah, that's fair. I'll I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. If, if I, I beware, if to... you play music that I like, I may contact you. I I. I from the bushes I, of I your used house. To think, I used to think that that was a much bigger compliment than it might be received as. Because um, I used to I used to be really excited if I had a record that someone was playing. But I think just in like my nature, I come, the way I come across by default. It, it depends might, if you like them or not. If you don't well, like the person they play the record, you're I don't like, know. Oof. I'm just, I'm just, but like, like, like they're trying to play, right? They're having their thing. They're doing their thing. Their, their idea of what they're doing is sharing music that people might not have heard, or what, whatever their intention is about how they're playing. And then you keep kind of going, "I've got this record." Like, I mean, obviously, if I say it like that, that's a bit dicky. You can say it really nice. Oh yeah, I've got this. But at a certain point, I think enough people did it to me when I was playing. I was like, "Yeah, uh, cool, man." You know. So I've stopped doing it. Like, oh but, no, I didn't. I, I, I was at the back of the floor, stroking my chin. It was after the fact. Oh, so you weren't walking up to the booth, going, no, "I've no, got this record. I, I've got this I, record." I watched the whole set because, like, just because you play records I like doesn't mean I think you're a good DJ. You know, <laughs> you got to be able to mix as well. And there's a whole bunch of other shit. I'm just, I'm just not gonna like. You know what I mean? Yeah, I take yeah, this. Yeah. I take it really fucking seriously. I spent a lot of time in my room practicing mm. when I was young. Yeah, you know, back when I had hair, <laughs> you know what I mean. Just fuck me. You play a track I like, you know, you're not getting the golden boot. You know, you better fucking, you better play, bro. You know, you better be able to like, you know, change my life. Uh, shall I play a track? Yeah, why not? Um, this is off the uh, Cabinet Records, uh, which is a record label uh, run by cab drivers, um, and my mate who. Started touch vlogs with me, Renzo. He put me onto these dudes, and I'm working at a record shop in um, Newtown at the moment, uh, run by uh, Dave Stewart and uh, Alex, uh, called Something Else. And often I'll walk in for a shift, and they just have fucking mad music there. And I was like, fuck yeah, double pack of fucking cab drivers. And I think I just listened to that for like the whole eight hour shift back to back, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is by uh, Audio Warner and uh, Daniel Paul. Um, Audio Warner's you know a bit of a big deal, but like you know I don't really I don't really fuck with his shit that hard. Um, but yeah, this this is just it's fucking mad. It's one of those ones that's just like we, I might not play the whole thing, but it's just one of those th- ones where it's just like the whole thing over and over. You know, I mean the same thing over and over, but it's just like I just fucking get amped on it so hard. Well, yeah, what kind of style is it? Because like a lot of the cab driver stuff lately has been it's, it's along like, it's, that minimal sort say, of tech. Minimal but I would house say, I say it's it's, it's it's on that line, but it's house. You know, yeah. I would say they haven't crossed over to the dreaded M word. You know what I mean? The I think M-word. we're at the beginning. Is, of the is end minimal for that. over now? Is it because Jackson Winters selling all of his fucking minimal, bro? Like, is it is it done? Are we are we out? Are we nah, into something I've, else now? I think I think well, fucking. I don't right. live in Sydney now, so I've got to ask very blunt questions about where things are going. I think that there is. I think that it's 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 popular, um, and, and and shout out Mantra Collective for like, you know, bringing out all these expensive motherfuckers for the first time, and you know, and like helping that sound get established in this city. But mm. I, you know, I wouldn't say it's fucking over. The reality is, it's like it, it's over when, actually, 
there's a record that got signed to Defected last summer on Ibiza mm. called Joy. I can't remember the artist's name. And it's it's very, very... It's not minimal, but it's very on that wavelength. And I was about to say, it's Sorry. it's over once it starts reaching the charts. And that was a fucking hit. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. I'll uh, yeah. Maybe I'll try and... I'll, I'll Google it after I play this track. But like, once it really starts... It, it starts... It becomes over because like... What makes it cool is the fact that it's underground. You know what I mean. And once it loses underground status, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Well, I guess I guess like the, the maybe the, the the cause of that is like you know it, it's something new that you haven't heard a lot of, and at a certain point after a certain dance music, time, you've you've heard it a lot, and yeah, uh, exactly. You've heard you've that heard, style, and then if you start hearing it in normal life, as in chart topping and stuff like, you, then it's no longer something you can only hear at this event. So it's less special at that event. Therefore, you know, I think that I like think the secret's of- out. You know, it, it it like it changes the demographic at events. Um, mm. it, it's it's often what occurs is, uh, hey, shit, they're making money off that sound. We'll do it. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And earlier I played uh, Snap. That's a super group put together by a huge record label with lots of money. You know, what I mean, that's not yeah. like as far as I understand. I could be wrong. Mm. They're probably like eighty now, but yeah. <laughs> Hey, I heard you on that funnel podcast talking trash about our group. We were underground, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, Gramps. <laughs> I actually don't know this. Fuck, I'm playing in reverse. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, this, this track's trash. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, the fucking doof on this one, you know what I mean? What are we going to play tonight? Well, like, kind of, like, f- like fucked up. Like, I, never, I packed the bag for kind of tonight, not really this. If that makes sense. So, I don't know. I'll definitely play this. Yeah. Sounds good. Because um, what I was thinking was... What's the time now? It's 3.30. So, if we went back after this... A bit more bands, um, and then we went to you. You do a mix for an hour to get let's, that. Let's just record the mix tomorrow, or maybe I can record a mix. I'm gonna get a flight at like 11 now. I, I think I think I should go home and record the mix and send it to you, and you can stick it to the end of this because we should just go to this party and have fun. Yeah, we'll leave all the gear here so when we come back after the party, oh, we, we just record that. Do that, or we can just record the mix of the party. We don't have a recorder. This is all facts. My my concern is that um we're gonna miss the party, but I think this is the thing that we we could you know what I mean like two o'clock party started. I said to Zoot that we would get there. Oh shit, seven notifications. Or so that we're... I said we'd be there around four p.m. Oh shit, that was a lie. But what I'm I'm saying we can like we can. We can work out the back-to-back part another time. Yeah, yeah. Because that's just consistent with the DJ mix and you tell, announcing the tracks, right? This is the important yeah, part. Yeah, 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 yeah. This can come out whenever. Yeah, that's true. Because we can yeah, record yeah. it back-to-back whenever. It's 100%. But I know we're both busy, but we got this yeah, important yeah, yeah. part done. Yeah, well, let's... Um, but, how many more tracks do you want to show? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll do one more. I don't know. The band, it seems to be good. Oh, yeah, I want to do one more. I've got some techno to play. I haven't played any techno yet. Yeah, yeah. Fucking 70 inches, bro. They're fucked. Seriously. The only re- I, have, I haven't seen this in like two years. I 
Audio Warner and Daniel Paul. Daniel Paul, never trust a man with two first names unless he makes music, I think. So my understanding, this is this is like a, a best of. It's like a compilation of um, Cabinet Records. Uh, so this would have come out at some point as its own twelve, but it's also included in this um, excellent compilation. Um, but I yeah. see, I see. Yes, I'm, I'm frothing on it. It's one of, I'm definitely. I've already decided I'm just going to play it every set forever. You know, because I get booked so much. So by yeah. that I mean like twice a year. <laughs> Well, I mean, the um, the old bookings in uh, Sydney it's it's quite a it's quite a tough one to to guarantee unless you you're really you're really going to toe the line or be very very good, um, you know. Because I mean, I kind not, of I understand both, how it works. You're you're gotta, you got to be out there. You got to be out there. You got to be out there every weekend. You got to be like um, showing your support, you know. And the reality is, is like. A lot of the times when I have time to actually go out and I don't have, like, life shit to do, I throw a party. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I'm going to I'm gonna go to Sash on uh, Sunday because they've got a giggling showcase or however you say it. And I, I froth on that label, so it's kind of like, it'd be so disingenuous if I didn't, like, go out to that, you know what I mean? But uh, I, I don't get out as much as what I should, you know? And why should I be booked? Why should I be booked if if I'm not out there, you know what I mean? Like, I, don't, I, I think that's kind of fair. Um, it can be disheartening at times when you when you see someone who you think is not a good at DJ issue, but it's, it's not all about that. So you know what I mean. It's 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 more than that. And like booking, especially clubs, booking clubs, especially a weekly. You know, it needs to be it needs to be more than the fact that you're good a good DJ because there's a shitload of good DJs in Sydney. But like you know, I I gave I gave running club nights a crack last year, and it's fucking hard, man. And I did not do good. You know, I've been running parties in this city for five years. And, you know, I've had some pretty good parties, you know what I mean? And I just fucking struggle to get people down to a club, you know? It's an art form, you know? And a lot of that has to do with my my age and, and who my friends are. Uh, and, and I get that. But, like, you know what I mean? Much respect to people, um, you know, booking club nights out there, you know what I mean? You, it, it's a considered process, you know what I mean? So it's not, it's not about... Is that a bad thing? It's not about whether you're a good DJ or not? Well, uh, yeah, I guess there's a lot more to it. Like, um, I've certainly had my experience of uh, booking people who I thought, um, oh, they're, I really like the way they mix. I really like them, uh, what I know of them in their, their sort of setting of their parties and whatnot. But <clears throat> to be honest, when they just turn up, you know, five minutes before they're set and leave five minutes after and don't bring any people, that's, you know. Oh, it's, I, a, it's a kick in the dick. 
Yeah, and you know, on the one hand, yeah, it's it's a hundred percent the promoter's responsibility to try and get more people into the. Not party. anymore. Not but, anymore. Not anymore. Not in this. Not in this age of social media, that that you know the the, the it's not it's the, the promoter's job is to book the venue, create the artwork, um, lay out the mandate, pick the sound, but it it's not solely the promoter's job to promote anymore because especially because so much of um, promotion is done on social media these days mm. and so many of social media's algorithms are based on interactions facebook isn't going to share <laughs> isn't going to share your your fucking post from your page that's got a thousand likes to no one yeah you know they're going to restrict that shit so you pay so the way the algorithms work shout out to papa k for fucking filling me in is it's all about you know uh, community. So if you post something and a thousand people within your friendship group comment on it, that shit's going to get reached. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm. So there's 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 a really good example of a situation where you could you could post you could post every fucking day on your page, and it's not going to make people come to your party. So much of it is about being out there, being connected, and and being a part of the scene. You know, mm. a good party is friends of friends of friends. You know, and, and all the, even all the really established parties in Sydney are friends of friends of friends. And like, you know, I don't get to sash often these days, but you know that 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 started like that. You know, yeah, we, yeah, we love started like that. They're like the two heavyweight weeklies. You know yeah. what I mean? Something else that's been going on forever, you know, like shout out Dave and Alex, you know, they, they, they're smart bookers, man. They're yeah. smart, they, they keep up with the times. It's, 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 it's hard, you know, especially because there's a whole generation of kids in Sydney that they didn't have the cross, you know, yeah. like the, the, the warehouse scene is their cross, you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's, there's some people that probably just never really ever been to a club, you know, why, why would you? So much more expensive, so much more restrictive. Yeah, it well that we we sort of touched on that earlier today. Like, you know, the quality of the clubbing scene available here versus overseas. And <clears throat> you and I bought a sound system together. Well, I, like I, I'd I'd bought it, and then um and you jumped in on it. Um, the uh, the Jake interest free repayment policy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The a doof loan, and um, you know, we 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 were, we were going along to Cytrans doofs where they had the KV two audio rigs. And when you sort of talk to them about it, you know, like Function Ones with like the heavyweight name, the other names like, you know, the Void Sound Systems. You talk to them about it and they're like, yeah, look, you know, um, those are great systems, but they're really big booming systems and we're trying to throw discrete parties. So, um, and you and I had spoken at length about, you know, yeah, the quality of the, the clear sound from like a sound system like that. So naturally we ended up with our own little powered system uh, K, little KV2 rig. How many parties have we done with it? Oh, fuck. I don't know, man. Like it, At least 30 yeah. between me and you. And you, you throw, I mean... I've well, thrown 10 parties a year for mm, five years. Yeah. There you go. Shit. Maybe not that many. No, Maybe you're fucking bald, bro. I was bald before. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. It's from not sleeping and trying to learn how to make techno. <laughs> That's what I reckon. <laughs> That's what did it. Yeah, my mid my mid twenties, I was just like, got to work, and well, how am I going to have time to make techno? I'll just stop sleeping. <laughs> Funny story, yeah. I uh, I was I used to just uh, sleep during my lunch breaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hour lunch breaks, get an hour in. You know, you barely sleep if you get through to like midday, you get an hour kip in. Body doesn't know any different, so I fuck up, set my alarm for twelve p.m. Oh, instead no. of 12 a.m. And unbeknownst to me, they you mean had the a, other way around. 
So you set it for 12 a.m. Rather than, so. uh, I'm starting to get pretty drunk. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Go, yeah, go. I, I, set it, I set it for 12 a.m. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, unbeknownst to me, uh, I was working on a big construction site and they had a big meeting of all the different uh, foremans of all the trades in the lunchroom that day. So they come in the lunchroom, it's all the big wigs from every single company, and I'm just fucking there asleep on the table. Anyway, I got sacked. <laughs> but like, when the bloke sacked me, I was like, mate, I would have sacked me two months ago. <laughs> I was really, I was, I was seeing how far I could push it. <laughs> Well, yeah, if we worked that out. That's uh, not bad at all. <laughs> this is this is when I was a younger man and like, uh, you know, going out and and buying records and making techno and house was the most important thing. Now, you know, I'd like to think that I'm a better employee. Well, I have to be. I'm older now. I have more responsibility. Like when you're a young man, it's like you don't get you don't have to run shit. Mm. You know what I mean? So like you're I'm just a doer, you know. Yeah, it's know. not like you're turning up and having to make decisions and think and set people up and put people in the right direction. You know, you can't mm. just can't be not sleeping and doing that. Yeah, well, I mean, like the, there's a big difference between practical work and uh, office work too. You know, like if you're tired in an office environment where you kind of got a bit of free reign to do your own thing in your own time, I find that a lot harder when you when you've had a a big weekend or this, you know, or a big couple of weeks. To, to actually to show up and properly do stuff in in that more office you can you can hide but you you get <clears throat> caught out yeah there is there is the, the you know the reality is if you're saying doing something that's more tangible where people can see your work but you do get mm. caught out eventually yeah you know what i mean like you can't you can't hide forever mm. speaking of hiding back to the comment about the sound system that we ended up buying being the kv2 so you started finding these spots how long ago? Because Touch of Loft as a brand, it was was I, ex- almost I, I exclusively was, like alternative spaces. Yeah, a hundred percent. But then all of a sudden, there was like there were there were people doing stuff like that I was doing. But all of a sudden, there was just gang of crews, and they were fucking with the spots that I was fucking with, and it just wasn't special anymore. Um, and it, I like, w- I was heavily influenced by there there's a there's a party party called the um the channel parties um and i went to a bunch of those when i was like late teens early 20s um other other cats uh dss were like a drum and bass crew you know i went to heaps of like like kind of more found space abandoned building type stuff for that um when i was into hard styles they used to get their hands on some of the you know Marrickville spots that are still pumping now you know ever so often so like i was exposed to that you know and they're always my favorite parties but you know i'm young enough to have grown up in sydney that had good clubs you know what i mean like mm. when i was 18 19 i used to go to home every you know friday night and used to bang you know like sublime was, was very popular you yeah, know like sublime. you know i i used to go to the cross and you know it was pumping you know it was it was a madhouse you know what i mean so I was exposed to that, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you're throwing a party, it wants to be, it it should be, in my opinion, the the exactly what it is that you want, exactly it is what you like to go out to. You know what I mean? You want it, you want to emulate that kind of thing. So when we, when I kind of had the actual, um, you know, friends around me and a bit more confidence, you know, I only started throwing touch off way later in my twenties because I just never had the the confidence to give it a go. It was. It, it was it was also like the the beginning of lockouts essentially you know what I mean so it was just like there wasn't that many options you know um, so 
I just, I just used to, I just, I just, I just got in my car and and, and drove, just drove around. You know what I mean? Or um, you get a heads up from someone that knows someone, or just people I know from other scenes that I know have a space. I hit them up. Mm. You know, you just put the fucking cash down. You just be like, yo, here's the money. Give me a spot, et cetera, et cetera. The found spaces, it's just kind of like you just look, you know, and it's kind of like a sickness, you know. It's like yeah. you drive around and the first thing you think is like, can I throw a doof there? Yeah, my uh, wife hates, hates how often I point out how good it would be to throw a rave there. Speaking, like when we're driving around. Speaking of that, I was driving up here. From Sydney to Newey, and you yeah. notice they've finally finished that overpass bridge. Mm-hmm. It'd be good to throw a doof on that. I thought, yeah, let's as I it. drove past it. <laughs> well, so we'll, I, we'll get I, Geffling down. We we'll go a couple I, I, I've, of projectors. I've wanted, I've wanted you on this um, show the most out of like like the topic I've wanted to cover the most is literally the renegade parties that that you've thrown because uh, you and I met when you'd just gotten back from. Uh, England. Yeah, I, li- uh, I lived over there for like two years, kind of thing. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And and the way I, as we were talking about, you know, I conversed to someone like Shay, who was uh, a, in a really good community of full of DJs, and she she loved um, hanging out with all of us, and then and got right into her own sound, and and has become a DJ very quickly. I had the exact opposite. I sort of stumbled into it, started playing music and didn't have any friends who did it. I, I come from, uh, you know, guitar and, and sort of, you know, rock sort of music. And, um, you know, I, I'd literally put out like a, uh, you know, <laughs> man seeking friends to play music with on uh, house music, house heads. Um, one of the prominent sort of uh, group, at least back then, definitely. I've, I've sort of turned off a lot of my Facebook groups these days, but it was, uh, I just put out there like hey i've got you know a space i want to play some records all afternoon who's keen and i had uh junior who i played it with at an open decks um session i'd kyle ken who was um uh fuck what was what's the name of the duo is it just him that um released that record or was he in a uh sonda sonda yeah Yeah. sonda yeah that was top of juno for a bit there that real awesome lo-fi sound um and then um yourself um, sort of, you know, perked up and said, yeah, I'll come around and play I thought records. it was going to be like a bar, man. <laughs> I was like, fuck it. Uh, my, my missus at the time dropped me off and I was like heaps confused because I was like in this alleyway. Um, and I'd been away from Sydney, so I was like, oh, there must be a fucking bar here. And then you, you like know, pop back, your head out of your garage. Yeah, and, and the rest is history. No, it was, it was good for me because like I never, I never really met heaps of people in the scene when I was going out because my good high school friends, um, we had a big crew and we, we all went out. So I didn't really have to like make that many friends. Like we used to, especially when we went to raves, you know, we'd be 10 deep, mm. you know what I mean? And that, that was pretty much the case until I went overseas. So by, I went overseas when I was like 24, I came back when I was like 27 and that all stopped going out. So I was like, fuck, then to mm. make some new friends. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, so I was going out a bit and then that happened and through that I met like you and then you moved up met up, went, moved up here and I met heaps of Newcastle guys and I met heaps of the Brisbane guys as well um, yeah and, and the rest is history but it was kind of like we were at, at the same point you, you were keen to start from parties and mm. I was at the point uh, well, we just we're just both in a similar situation of not not having been integrated with a crew who was prominent here, 
So, and I think that's, if you'd ask a lot of these different crews how they got started, I, I truly believe it'd just be like, well, I wanted to play more, so I started putting stuff on. And that was literally it. So you started doing Touch of Loft. I played at the first one of them. I started, um, it was AWOL, um, was the first name of it, and it became uh, Dirty Feet. Um, and it, yeah, that was, you know, you played it, you've played it every one of them. Yeah, the and, door. And I mean, we've often wondered why we're bothering with two different brands. But um, ultimately, I think that the parties that you've thrown in Sydney, and albeit like, you know, it's, you know, I've been there for a fair chunk of them, lifting speakers and, you know, um, you know, fretting that police are going to shut us down every half an hour. But, um, but, but but effectively you've been the mastermind of like pulling together like uh designing a dj booth that's portable that you can have everything wired up and bump in very within you know the the, the, i bump in a party over two days and you bump in a party in two hours and it's just always sort of blown my mind like the how fast you can do it because you can't get into some spaces till the sun goes down and then you've got to and you've also got to manage the social media element of it and I mean, if we like, I'm, I'm way more brazen on the social media these days, just because um, we we don't have as much of a pull as what we do. But when I, when I first started, I used to, um, you know, I used to do it old school. I only have the address on a mobile phone, and I would only send out the mobile phone number. So mm. at, at no point ever was the any of the information written down. Yeah, there's no email. There's no nothing. The only way you find out about it was. Uh, calling the number yeah because like when i when i was like 17 and shit that was like that's like how it was you know like some of the first raves i went to were um at its apartments down but out in homebush it was called hill road and it was a mad warehouse (laughs) and uh they they proper had the actual kind of ticket gate at a chain link fence maybe 60 meters away from the actual warehouse Mm. And, and it was such a vibe, man, and that, that excitement that that whole thing created, I wanted to replicate, you know what I mean? Mm. So, like, yeah, I wouldn't even... I used to, I but, used to take that shit so seriously. But, you're, you're, like, I don't know if it's... This is, some, in all honesty, I don't know if it's just that I only know you, so you're my only gateway into that world, or if it was that you just really brought that back into Sydney because, um, you know like we're talking about parties under a bridge that we don't believe was used until you found it no uh, it got, it, it's been used but not like not with the frequency that it it, it started getting used um but like we did so what do you know of parties that were there before you found it i've been i've like in passing conversations but i don't know of anything that was like as solid as what we did but I, i'm yeah. not going to say that we were the first person to use it you know what i mean like mm. um so I mean, well, let, let, let's throw it out there. You got the, you know, the bridge. We don't have to say much more than that. Obviously, there's some trade secrets. There's the airport spot. There's um, the, for lack of a better term, um, but I guess brothelly type space. Brothelly type space, all time. That was uh, probably the best party I've ever been to, hands down. There's a space where... I had a, I had a cat come up to me at the party um, at this loft space we were throwing uh, the other night and yeah, he was like... Space, yeah. And he was like, oh... You know, so the first thing they say is like, how did you find that? How did you, how'd you get yeah. your hands on that? But that was like, that was like, I don't know, 
Super Bowl grand final shit. Yeah, well, that was all time. It was like shout yeah. out everyone involved in that. That was like yeah. a military operation. Like six people with walkie talkies. Yeah, bro, it was intense. You know, you go down an alleyway into someone's backyard. You jump the fence down a ladder into a back door into an abandoned. I think I think it's it's almost like it's such a shame that there's so many spaces that are just like doing nothing. You know, it's like. Yeah, it kind of breaks my heart a bit. There's well, so many, so many like just abandoned spaces where you could you could throw a party. It's, it's a hard to it's hard to comprehend given it's Sydney and the the the, the value of the pro- like somewhere like Detroit, which is a, like a historically um, you know evacuated sort of city. Um, you know, like a, a, it had huge industry at one time, and then and then a huge population. The, like the do you know what I mean? Like that's that makes sense, but what, Sydney what, doesn't make sense that there could be a a, a range of venues or places that are just not used or not yeah fucking if it does because if you're rich yeah and you don't want to get taxed you just park your money in there and park your money yeah and it's like it's like you know you're gonna get two percent on a property in sydney worst case Mm. you know what i mean they figure it out dude you can look this shit up right they Mm. they look into how much water is getting used and they figure out what the vacancy rates in some of these areas are you know it's 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 not great but we won't go into that yeah Especially if you're like my age and you're like, fuck, I wouldn't mind actually buying a house. Um, yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, you raise you raise Detroit, you know what I mean? Like, I've been to Detroit and um, I went and checked out all the warehouses and there's heaps of still abandoned places. You know, the reality is, is that this music that we do, um, it, it, it suits these environments, you know? It suits... It, it's... It is... It is... At its core, from where it very first came from, a rebellion, you know what I mean? This this mm. music at its genesis um, was from, you know, a, a oppressed people, essentially, you know, not like, not like uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, like Af- De- Detroit and Chicago being like... Uh, before like a- that, before that, I'm talking like minorities, I'm talking like the gay community, I'm talking like New York, you know what I mean? Like I'm talking about like soul you know yeah, what i mean and right. then and okay. then you know yeah. what i mean and then kind of soul early garage yeah that. exactly you know yeah. what i mean like well, everything everything that we're involved in right now is its genesis is in is in america you know what i'm saying mm. and what's the point i'm trying to make here they it it it, it suits it it's rebellious at its core it's it's music for the other it's yeah. music for the other you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so I therefore, guess, like, therefore, you take that that music into a non non standard space. It makes sense. You know what I mean. Well, I mean the cliche of the smoky jazz bar is like a it's like an it's like a well established sort of. Sydney could do with like, more smoky jazz bars. Yeah, but I mean like that. Like you would have at that time when that was a thing, you would have the norm of like like bigger, fancier, more polished clubs where you'd see. Uh, but this is this is the, the thing, right? So but then you'd have that un- subculture of like a smoky. Jazz it's interesting you bring that. It's interesting you bring that up, right? Because that's a really good. Um, I don't know what it is like a parallel to what occurs in Sydney. You know what I mean? You have mm. like the clubs, and you have the warehouses, right? Mm. So the, the the big band type venues where people would wear their fucking suits and get all dressed up. You know what I mean? Mm. In like um, nineteen. 1910 to 1930 America mm. you know what I mean they existed but they ran in parallel to like weird underground jazz clubs where cats yeah. would just go down there and fucking play whatever you know what I mean yeah. and that's kind of like 
You know what I mean? Yeah, it's but, how, how the other half live kind of thing. But it's yeah. the same thing. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. It's still just people expressing themselves. It's still people going out. And even even if you're even if you're the type of cat that goes out to like a you know like a a more fancy place where people drink champagne and and do rack and dress up. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't. You know, if you're there just to be seen, I don't. I don't really. I'm not going to judge you, you know, because I don't really think there's a difference if you go to like a warehouse party and you go to get fucked up. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. it's just. It's still just a dark room with loud music at the end of the day. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I guess you know you've, you've got you've got three different things there though. You've got like a, like an like a venue vibe. You get a warehouse thing, which is its own thing. It's still, but you know, a warehouse. This is what I'm trying to say. A, it's but like, a warehouse vibe has still got like you know you're gonna ha- you're gonna try and have security. You're gonna like you're gonna charge an amount for it, or you've got an outlay to try. put on uh, something in there. Um, but then you've got like you go one deeper, which is these renegade parties, like out at the air. You know, that's just this like is this is an interesting thing that's happened in the last like essentially two years, right? So these renegade parties are generally on public land, right? So if you're a promoter. You, everyone owns that land, right? Mm. So a lot of cats. So we always do ten buck donations when we do those spots, yeah, because mm. that covers the DJs, covers the thing, pretty much. You know what I mean? Mm. Is it ethical to charge twenty to thirty dollars on a space where the people that are coming down there, they own that space just as much as you? Yeah, that's right. You yeah. know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so yeah. like, you know that that type of capitalist element that's coming to it really doesn't sit well with me. And another thing that doesn't yeah. sit well with me. If you're a cat out there and you're throwing these parties and you haven't contributed a spot, and what I mean by that is that if you're the type of cat that goes to a spot and you're like, I'm going to throw my party here, I'm going to bring my party here. If, if you've gone out and you found a spot and that spot is now in the ecosystem, yes, fucking yes. Yeah. If you're the type of cat that's like, you know, you know, like cause spots get thrashed, you know? Yeah, they get, like they get too there's, hot. There's, yeah, like- there's, there's a spot, there's, you know, there's a spot out under another an overpass that's hot now you know what i mean because like motherfuckers are lazy you know what i mean like yeah yeah they, they, they just i never i death. never I've, I've never thrown a, a loft in any of the bunkers in sydney because it's passe for me mm. because like when it's it's like there's that's 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 passe for me and that sounds fucked up and i know they're great spots and i could totally do them but i've never done it because like it it's been done and it had been done you know what mm. i'm trying to say yeah and but like if unless unless I unless I have accidentally found a be, like found it, I haven't done a party there. Or if I get it like a heads up from a close friend, it's like you should do a party here kind of thing. Like yeah, you get what I'm trying to say. So you you haven't necessarily been at parties going. Oh, I'm just gonna piggyback on this because I I've seen a party done here. I can see it works. You're you're going out and taking your own risk and finding your own space. Yeah, and, and you should. Then that's 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 like you know for for a brand and. At it, a loft like that's 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 my that's that's my ethics behind it you know what i mean because like if you're interested in something flourishing then you need to contribute and the biggest scene that renegade the biggest thing that renegade scene needs is new spots yeah because you need to be able to ro- rotate shit around that's you know right. what i'm trying yeah. to say if, if if something becomes on the rotation of you know like an an, uh, an authority trying to swing past there every saturday night because they know Every Saturday night, there's going to be fucking oath, and that's exactly what happens. And some like I've done parties. Maybe we did that election party. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, that's exactly the thing. It's just on their yeah, route now. It's just on their route now. You know what, man? There's a certain park in the inner west that I think we all know about. You know, mm-hmm. and I remember one night there was four parties there. That's fucking lazy. 
that yeah. is fucking lazy bro go find your own spots yeah you lazy motherfuckers it's yeah, not good enough there's a spot uh, is do you know what I mean it's on like on the north side of the bridge that gets man, flogged a bit as well and- I've, I've heard of cats paying a prominent uh, speaker hire company to go bump in their renegade spots Jesus <laughs> you know what I mean and charging like you fucking lazy pricks yeah you know what I, like fuck it I'm just gonna tell it how it is like yeah. that's fucked you know yeah, what I mean because, because I mean like as I described you've got your, your clubs and and we all know why that can you know what it takes to make that work you know like as you say shouts out to we love something else uh mantra and uh sash they're 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 making that work but there's other then there's the other sub- there's other cats in other different scenes but that's like you know yeah, what i mean like th- there's- that, that that's our world but then you've yeah. got the next level which is warehouse parties which is extremely has a lot of issues in terms of like overuse and whatever but that they get regulated by the people who own the leases on the warehouse to a, lot a degree of, a lot of those cats have to like you yeah, know what i mean they're, right. they're so this is the thing it's like an interesting thing that occurs is that like the real estate gets wise mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they get power, so they're like, well, I want a cut of this. So a lot of those oh, spaces are doing doing Friday, Saturday night. They're running like a club now because that's what they have to do to cover the rent. Yeah, yeah. Because like the real estate gets wise and they want to cut of that action. You know, like a, a lot of those spaces, I won't know many names, you know what I mean? They had a good for a while, you know? I'm talking like they yeah, were doing yeah. okay. I'm yeah. talking like... Yeah, but everyone has their honeymoon period where it's, oh, this is working, but then it gets too hot. And then, so then what I'm pointing out is you got your clubs which is obviously that that's here then you've got your warehouse spaces that's got an, a whole ecosystem and a balance that needs to be struck and it's not always done well actually it's probably far more often done incorrectly to the point where it burns out and then it's like oh well no good and then the same thing is happening to the renegade spaces like and it, they need to be it's almost like a sustainability kind of concept needs to be approached to them you well, know like you know, it's, it's it, hard to it's hard to govern um, this, it's it's such know. a it's such an interesting thing because like this is why we have you know governments and type of things you know I've thought about yeah. it what are you going to do you're going to like go around with a baseball bat and suss spots <laughs> you know what I mean like who's going to regulate it you get what no, I'm trying you, to say the, well the point of it was that it was outside of that regulation and then if you're going to introduce so this is where like it's like a cultural enforcement breaks my heart some of the music I get here at some of these spots breaks my heart yeah, yeah. it's like you know it's like fuck yeah Wow. Well, I mean, like we're sitting... But some of these si- parties bring down big people and like, who the fuck am I to say what you... You know? Yeah, yeah. Who the fuck... Like, I... I yeah. It's, it's like... It's about your self-expression and... Your yeah. It's, if, you're, if you're throwing a rocking party and like, if you're... If, if, it, if, if it's good enough for you that you turn up with, mm. uh, you know, not even CDJs, one of those fucking pioneer things and you've got not even a sub and you've just got two 12 tops, like... If that's if if that's good enough, if you think that that's good enough, then who am I to say any different? You know what mm. I mean? Like, but shout out to the cats lugging fucking subs through bushes. Mm. Shout out to the cats lugging, you know, lights. Shout out to the cats, you know, running these spots proper properly. You know, with walkie talkies, with fire people. extinguishers next to the yeah, fucking generators. Exactly. You know, yeah. out, you know, with people out on the street making sure there isn't big crowds so the cops that's don't it. get wise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. You know, it breaks my heart. It's it, it's fucking laziness which well, fucks up these spots. Well, you know the, the I mean? way that we've had to run it is like you have a it, set, it you have a set you. that you play, and then you have a door set. Like 100%, effectively it rotates. Like, like you, when you, we you, when we did that really hectic abandoned build, building party, we had like six people on rotation. You know what I mean? Like, we yeah, had you did an hour at the front. You did we an had hour a at the, street, the ladder. We had a street. We had a door. We had a ladder. We had a roamer inside. 
and then you got your set and yep. we all had fucking walkie talkies and like my gosh they're shit walkie talkies but you know something's up you can hear like a <laughs> <laughs> yeah you gotta you speak, know what the fuck's you gotta speak, up you, you gotta know, speak like, fluent Zoidberg to know what's going on but, but you know it's like like you know just just you know but not, that, not that, all cops are stupid all of a sudden there's like you know 20 20 20 year olds with fucking plastic bags full of booze in an area that's abandoned like it's it's a shame that we can't like you can't throw a party like the ones you've thrown and we know of guys that have come to our parties and said and have started their own and that's awesome to see yeah. and but we we there's certain ones you don't know of who are doing it and then the how they start to ruin the spots a bit i, I like i've been on both sides of that so you i go I've, to spots I, all right one time we went one time we've one one of the dirty feats when we turned up mm-hmm. the last party hadn't cleaned up their trash Oh, that almost made me cry. Actually. And, and this is yeah. this is a super interesting thing, is because like the rangers and shit, and a lot of the police, they don't give a fuck until it's an issue. You know what I mean? But like, mm. if you're leaving a spot trash, yeah, especially if you're charging and you're not budgeting to take that trash away, you're a fucking joke, bro. Yeah. You don't deserve to throw raves. You're just thrashing those spots, man. That's bullshit. Yeah, it, it's, it's got to be where the, where the line is drawn between, like, yeah, as you said. On the one hand, people bumping in big rigs and playing tra- music that you don't really like, bringing a crowd that's not your thing. That's that's one thing to be personally not on board with, but you can't have an, a, like a legitimate problem. But don't problem. thrash the spots. But, but thrashing the spots ridiculous. That's Leaving like, trash. Yeah. Not not having like not having like good good people around to like manage your crowd because like yeah the people it, walking on the street and stuff and and it, being it's not good yeah. enough to say in your message oh please don't linger in the streets like put someone out on the fucking street like mm. put the effort in you know yeah. what i mean because like that's that's your responsibility man i remember like when when spice took over the imperial is going back a bit and yeah they yeah, fucked it up yeah they fucked up the imperial it was an amazing place but credit to them they used to they had they paid Romans. They had guys out in the streets. They paid them 25 bucks an hour to be out in the streets. You know what I mean? Yeah. They took on that responsibility because they understand about keeping a spot is about keeping it out. Because the... Cause Discretion like, is key with, the, with the, this Their authorities yeah. are busy. They are fucking busy. They yeah. don't want to be... Do you know what I mean? They can't be bothered. You know what I mean? When, yeah. they, when they turn up to threaten and pound your gear, they don't have the fucking time. You know what yeah. I'm trying to say? Yeah, but, they don't want to be there... So, in this, so just but, make yeah. it not their problem because I'll tell you how it works, yeah? If, mm. if they get a call, it goes into their system, it gets registered, you know what I mean? And that's the difference. If, you, if, if you've if you ever thrown one of these parties and the cops turn up and they let you go, if you've ever thrown one of these parties and the cops turn up and they let you go, that's because it's not a call and they've seen it. But once it's called in, it's in their system and they have to act. They have to come mm. down. They have to fucking... You know, they have to close it out. It's like a job. It's like yeah. NIT. It's like, you know, keyboard broken section six yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've worked, I've worked in like software support and it's it, it's open as a ticket and it, each yeah. ticket has to have closure. So. Yeah, it's it's like that. And, and, and like you might get lucky and you might get a good cop. You yeah. know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating when you do the right things and you're getting penalized for other people that aren't doing the right things. I mean... But then what do you what do? You do? But this is the thing. It's like I've thrown parties where you know, some of the things I'm talking about have happened. So you can't con- you can't control people, especially people coming down there and getting fucked up. A lot of it's luck, mm. you know? Yeah. So it might seem like I'm fucking preaching, but like, you know, I thought about it, man. I thought about like putting on a balaclava and like making a fucking documentary or something like that to kind of just like lay out the rules a bit, you know? But like, yeah, you know, it, it, that's it's it's chill. And like, I'd rather these things happen than they don't, you know? 
And yeah, you'd rather they happened and there were faults than it just didn't happen at all. But yeah. it's, I mean, as I said, I've thrown parties out in um, a state forest and that's like, it's one of the most beautiful places and it's a very special place to me. I've, I've, thrown, I've been in two different spots and I know of another one. And I, I got that literally from... Um, from my cousin so my cousin used to throw parties and he stopped he like he he's a part of a crew who throws like a really big um party and then he had his own one and he did it for 10 years like which is a fucking massive did call. he use that spot as well is that he got the yep yep so that that spot the but that spot's been gone forever like yeah yeah yeah. i yep. went to a party <laughs> there like way back when i got stopped. no shit really yeah dude i got staunched by bmx riders like so i was like no way following this convoy that i thought was going to the doof and i was you know, like, you know, like you know yada 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 and they like stopped in front of me they come out and they're like why are you fucking following me man i'm like you're going to the doof they're like what <laughs> they, they had like some like secret like bmx oh, jump ramp shit going on man going to a doof a part of going to a doof is getting lost you gotta get lost you in give the bush. you give good instructions yeah. i must yeah. confess oh look well no but i the first year I, I just borrowed the instructions of the party i got i was lazy as you pointed out and it was chaos like I actually got lost and that's, that's the type of shit that fucks up spots you know what I mean because yeah, someone breaks down someone yeah. gets lost someone turns up at someone, the wrong place well yeah. they turn up someone's alright someone's driveway right and they're mm. like hey is this the door for this is my house what are you doing oh there's a door boom phone call cops you know yeah, and then yeah, spot's big hot big time and yeah. the local cops are like eh, I've got nothing to do let's just roll past that spot yeah let's exactly see what happens. right exactly right oh boss you never guess that we broke up a party good on you well done yeah yeah well i've I, so i've i've had two things um with with some parties i've thrown so one was like i, I got the spot from my cousin and I, I knew that he had stopped you know in the month that he threw some parties he'd stopped and i was like okay that's a bit of an opening i'm going to do a totally different music style but i'm going to kind of throw one in that month um because you get a lot of fatigue with your crowd if you're doing like because i do like multi-night um camping parties so uh, you can't do your them. fatigue or the, the, the no no the crew fatigue oh, crew fatigue <laughs> like they, they, they you just you, you, everyone's keen for it six months in advance but when they actually get to backing up you know uh, a weekend after weekend multi-day parties and then something that subsonics on a month later they're just mm. not gonna rock yeah, up 100%. you gotta really you can't just find a free weekend you gotta find a free three-week block and that's not always easy you do this interesting thing you're telling me where you just uh you click it like attending on everything yeah so you can just so, boot, so up, I, boot up your, your google calendar or whatever yeah, and you so can I, just see the lay of the yeah. land I know, what, I know, what, I know what um, crews are. Yeah, I know what crews are putting parties on when, and and how how fatigued or uh, what endorphin level their uh, crowd's going to be. So like, cause, and and some some years it's really really hard to find a, the right sweet spot re- weekend. Actually, most years it is. So you got to you got to pay. You when gotta, is the next dirty feet? <sighs> I'm it keen. Was allegedly, this month uh, for Parker. Shout out to Parker from Rhapsody. I'm actually wearing a Rhapsody T-shirt. He's now. not going anymore. He told you, yeah. He's not going anymore. Yeah, bro. That's why he hasn't hassled me. Yeah. Oh man, bro. I've been. I, I promised him. <laughs> Shout I, out, Parker. Fucking hell, Parker. I promised him. I said, classic Parker, bro. bro. You've been banging on that moving to Paris for fucking forever, bro. I was. I said I'd throw a dirty feet and we'd headline him. As Sorry, a, as he's, a farewell. he's still going. He's still going. Oh yeah, he's yeah, still going. He's still but still only going. for like a little while. No, no, no. Oh, you just want me to? Throw I just want you to throw a dirty feet. Now. You can go and get fucked. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. It's um. Look, yeah, like dirty feet basically became. I um yeah yeah, yeah. I, uh it was we started using that spot we kind of got staunched a little bit by one of the fellas in the Newcastle 
Cytrans crew. Yeah, it's exactly what we were talking about because you were using a spot, right? And yep. he thought you were going to fuck it up and 100%. he didn't know you were for real. And then t- I was there. He totally yep. came down fucking staunch. You came yeah. down to suss out what and you were about. Like, he was like, no hey, baseball bat. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I hit my cousin up. I was a little bit like rattled by it because I thought, oh, well, no, I'd ask my cousin. He was cool with it. And he just said, he said, oh, look, no. He's, he said, first of all, it's all good. Like, he's not mad at you. Like, you're not doing the wrong thing. Secondly, he's not doing the wrong thing either. Yeah. Like, like you, like. Yeah, he you, just wanted to make sure you were doing it right. Some kind of accountability of, like, everyone needs to Doof know. Doof cops. Yeah, everyone needs to know that they're, they're being dun, watched dun, and accounted dun, 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 dun. for. <laughs> anyone, oi, uh, dun, 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 if anyone bothers to do a Doof remix of the theme from the TV show, The Bill. I will police the Sydney uh, Doof Renegade will you location. Release, will you release it on Touch of Love? I'll just play out of my car so they know I'm coming. <laughs> Instead of a siren, I'll just have a Doof remix of uh, Psych Trance, preferably a bit of Melbourne Bounce. Melbourne Bounce remix of the Bill theme. I mean, <laughs> well, we both need to take a piss, so let's go have a sword fight. What are, we, what are you going to put on now? I'm going to put on the man, the master, the originator, Jeff Mills. Um... <sighs> I don't, I don't like, I don't like fuck with Stiffy heaps. You know, activated. I, I don't like play heaps of shit. But like, I, I picked this up. It's um from Waveform Transmissions Volume Three, and it's just like you know, I just, I fucking love techno, man. And this is just like, he's a don. Really good techno. This is a.
we've just we've just come back from Vibe Tribe. Yeah, the Dwarf. Yeah, the Vibe Tribe. Yeah, um, I should probably put my headphones on. Yeah, I mean it, it works. So we've just come back from the Vibe Tribe. It was actually a pretty good format. The um, I think they had like Mooney for an hour, then Zoot for an hour, Phil played for an hour, then you and I played for two hours was good and then it like inverse so then phil played straight after us so we, we were in like a bit of a phil sandwich it really confused me and i then, was like he just played what yeah, yeah so phil played for an hour and then we had two and then phil and then zoot and then they even mixed it up there so zoot played for like half an hour then an hour back to back with mooney and then half an hour just mooney so even that was like they got it that gets a new it format was, they're, right, it they're was, flipping the script it's like when you get like a really good sandwich and you're like oh my god there's how so good many is layers. a good sandwich bro I had this pastrami have you ever had like a really good pastrami sandwich I've had good pastrami but not in a sandwich man um, so I can I've, I've had like good sandwiches and pastrami separately so I can only imagine I waited 40 minutes for a pastrami sandwich <laughs> and it was 40 minutes yeah it was it was redonk um, I stayed at um, it was that, baking the bread it was after that warehouse party that we threw um, Land Before Doof. Oh. Also, my favorite artwork of all time. Biased, I know, but I had nothing Shout to do Shout out, Kushka. Yeah, Kusha. I cannot believe this guy is on your label and you cannot pronounce his name right. It's Kusha. You always call him Kushka. <laughs> He's on your label. He's released like some of the best music on Touch and Loft. Look, He's our best resident. He all, does like the best artwork all, for you. You can't even pronounce his name right. Hey, hey. <laughs> Some of my thought he's got a hard name to say. It's Kusha. All right. Kushka. I mean, I probably said it wrong just then, actually. Sorry, Kusha. Fine. Kushka. Kirill. Kirill. But that's the crazy thing. Did you ever notice that? I think you just gave up because, like. No, no, fuck that. Like, you, you ever notice that when there's a guy who's got already a good name, why did he invent a name? Kirill is a great name. That's a great DJ name. Why, why not call yourself Kirill? I don't know. Bloke's an artist. You seen his shit? You listen to his music? Yeah, you can do whatever good. he wants. It's very good. It's very good. You know what I mean? Like, he's not yeah, like... He accidentally did, like, an amazing GIF. Not accidentally. He just said, like, he explained how he did it. It was, like, this amazing, like, video, sort of two videos overlaying of, like, a track he... I think it was released for you guys to touch the loft. And it looked amazing. And he's like, oh, all I did was, like, two... And he explained to me as though it was nothing. I could never have done it though. He's ridiculously talented. I went around there to have a, a mix. Uh, we we played back to back at this uh, charity event called Solus, and I went around there to have a mix with him. And uh, places there's just like all epic shit that he's painted lying around the joint. It's like this, like it's almost like it was like for like Basil plan. He just painted it looked like a photo. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Well, you paint this. <laughs> couldn't tell the difference I saw him shirtless well, I don't know if he was actually shirtless but I think he was near like a pond he just started like like a, an oil painting I've seen that like. painting yeah yeah it yeah. was very nice it wasn't his best but it was still mad but like yeah. that's, that's the quality it's like yeah yeah maybe we should start saying his name wrong just as a slight to him you know like he's <sighs> called me out now I like I, I like I, I like <laughs> Kushka it's Kusha <laughs> Sorry. I uh, just can't. I just yeah. can't, can't do it. Look, we're, we're on the wrong side of a case of beer at this point. I'm pretty drunk. So, so there's no doubt I'm going to just... But I say it wrong when I'm sober. <laughs> so Is right. that like a disrespect thing? Am I like disrespecting him? I don't know. Oh, it's entirely possible. Fuck. I think he just probably just gave up. It's pretty crazy. 
Sure, yeah. Nath, Nath, I mean, Nath's fucking retarded. He just he doesn't even read well, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, oh, he, he's very nice to you about it. Sorry, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. Sorry, Kushka. <laughs> K-Deezy. K-Dog. <laughs> um, so you're going to start a mix now. I mean, despite oh. the fact that it's been like about five hours since we started yeah but this part of the format we gotta like yeah now you do a mix alright okay yep I'm ready well right. like pretty drunk I mean we didn't talk about the last track but no oh yeah the last track's mad and like when I was trying to actually look up the name I found nothing but computer parts for half an hour so, <laughs> so that's probably great might be hard to buy some underground shit yeah yeah perhaps alright uh, give me a sec I'll pick a record <laughs> Question is, if you loved it so much, why would you put it on the table to start off with? Yeah, this is like, you know, you probably won't be able to mix any of this, but you know. No, it's... it's Jungle! Oh, fuck. I've got to mix into this. Yeah. Fuck. Didn't think that hurt. Jungle by the Nightcats on the uh, 
1997 compilation. And it's not a Nathaniel Gary set without some pretty left field stuff. Get it done nice and early.
Sestab by Sebrick Dukowski and Part Out.
we've got Finer Sands by Audio Werner and Daniel Paul out on Cabinet Records, awesome label.
Here we got Crystal Dreams by Telluric out on home music. Tidy little vinyl only number, and he's got this one slowed down so much, but it still sounds awesome.
from absolute legend Kenny Dope. We've got Perk Joint out on Dope Wax. Again, he slowed it right down, but this is a gorgeous little garage number from Mood Swing. Secret Moods, the name of the track, out on Obstacle Records. Just come out last year, this one.
was Mineral Jam by Cosman Adrian Nae out on R.Organic Records.
after a bit of bonus Star Wars there on that last one we've got Blues Theory by Soul Fiction out on Philpot Slingshot with too many LFOs out on Yappin.
gorgeous, soulful stuff. We've got Vibrations by Alton Miller out on distance. Right way, but this is somebody's shit who I respect. Right way.
He's only gonna fucking done it. Deep burn by Peppy Braddock. All time.
Alright, so the boys are going to throw some... Well, this one CDJ is plugged in, so it's... it's we're yeah, the door. Being ushered out, so it's like the light's coming on at the end of the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we finished yeah. the podcast. I just need to put my records away. Was it? Yeah, no, no, it's, it's finished. Oh. I Don't mean, we, didn't you say we need to talk over the top of it? Yeah, yeah, well, that's what we're doing right now. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I just feel hyped that I've been DJing. <laughs> I mean, like, there was some, like... I don't think there the was, there was some, some oh, Star Wars, some Eddie Murphy. Star some, Wars, Eddie Murphy, Civil Disobedience some, recordings. Some, some extremely tight... Mixing some extremely loose music, mixing. Yeah, fuck it. If it goes out, just you know, yada yada yada. Well, I mean, like the the con- this is the first podcast we've done where it's we didn't do it all in one three hour block. We actually went off to a gig. We we played back to back. That's the first time we've played back to back, and it's that's probably the best time we play back to back. Yeah, say. yeah, yeah. But like, I'm, like, I'm getting way better at playing back to back. Why is that? Because like I have the capacity to concentrate now more so than before because instead I just had like I just played like with my stream of consciousness which could just confuses people yeah yeah it's a little bit difficult to get on board but like with. we we all learned like we learned to play back to back like so many times I played back to back you know it's fucked I remember having a big fight with you at, at Sing Song yeah, yeah, yeah. well yeah. You, you, you thought it was a big fight but it wasn't well I you know I put a tarp in my boot I was ready to go <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you said to me bro if you want to kick me off kick me off and I was like no I just think we can oh, play no, more I listened back. shit so I, it was my recorder that night yeah I deserved to be kicked off <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you're like yeah we always going to fight and I was just like it was, but no, it was, no, no, no it wasn't a fight I mean it was real. that was the night we went back to mine and you woke up and I was just like welding and shit because <laughs> Because I was like, I had to put mum and dad's hot water heater back in, but like, I've been out in the sauce. I don't think I went to wash my hands or something. I was like, oh, that's right, there's no hot water. So I might as well just get cracking into it. it was, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was one of the many times I've wondered where the fuck you get your energy from. Um, the doof, bro. The doof. I don't know, man. I think the doof is more like a, a sucker of the energy, but... Um, <laughs> Look, I mean, that's that, that might be my personal... There's very rarely a doof that I've come out more energised from. I mean, it's nice to turn up that's to That's the whole point of the doof. It's an energy release. Yeah, 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 I guess so. But I, maybe I, like, I turned that valve too far and I, it let it go. Is it like, a valve or a noozle? I'm always confused. Oh, I don't know, man. Like, I mean... The doof noozle. It sounds... It's, it's, <laughs> I feel like it's more like a, a, a something attached to a vein and I'm like, I'm like that guy walking Whoa. down the... Walking down the, the, the hallway. Noozle. And then I'm like, oh, what the fuck's this? And it's like just something Oh, like an intravenous drip, but yeah. like a reverse drip. That makes it sound so much ne- more negative than it really is. My God, I didn't even know the Red Cross was involved in this. <laughs> 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 giving, imagine giving, imagine giving blood at like a like a hectic door. <laughs> blood would just like burn through do, the bag do, and do, shit. Do blood donations. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to a worthy cause. Definitely not going to be like put in a van in the hot sun in in the January bush. Hot sun, <laughs> bag of blood in the hot sun. And nothing about that sounds nice. Oh man, yeah, you know, you get to that point day three and you're like, fuck, man, all my beers are warm. Oh, we'll go to the blood tent. They, they've definitely got like a fridge. Oh, so you're you know? saying that they. Would be like, like a couple of stubs of VB, you'll be right. You just stash it. Oh, so you like, just just like, putting the the beer in with the blood, not stealing. Yeah, the well, ice. like assuming they're gonna keep it cool. 
Well, yeah. If, if, but if you and I were at, at a do a Giving blood's heaps cool, man. I mean, yeah, but if day one, you donate blood, it goes in the fridge... And then it'd day be, three, be day, need, one. day three, we both need like a cold beer. It's like, well, you. Oh, got I thought you going to say you get your blood back. You got a blood bag. Gets, I got a blood bag. We just say, look, all we want, so all, we blood want back. Is the, all we want is the space in between our blood bags. We just put what three stubs. It's not an unreasonable request. Yeah, three stubs. <laughs> I gave you my blood. I mean, I'll now look you, after my beer. I, what if I give you another bag of blood and we can keep cycling? I think more this stubs is a good through. idea because, like, yeah. you know, you definitely avoid the drug Talk tests about a blood alcohol content. Like, yeah, because you just get a new... You get your like, blood put back into you, which is sober blood. What if a VB leaked in the esky with all the blood? Would all that blood <laughs> then become drunk, you know? I think we would see the 27th Marvel would that Avenger. Work? It would, would that be, work? It would be Beer Man. Could you get it that, 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 that would your be your own the, blood to sober you It would be the up? birth of Beer Man. That's like the, the Australian... Oh. Like, it would be the second Australian Avenger, like Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth? Hemsworth? The Hem... Yeah, the ham. Yeah, the what did his mates call him back in high school? Ham I dog. Know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they called him like fall off. Know. He's got some mad boobs on him though. I'm pretty like impressed. good boobs. Yeah, bro. Like, well, his job is just to look good, isn't I'll it? I'll put it to you this way. I mean, he's not. I like, once, I once, he should win I once got, I once got told I look like Chris Pratt, but when he was fat and drunk, not when he was fit in the Avengers. And then you got Chris Pratt in the Avengers is like has like banter with Chris Hemsworth where he's like the fat <laughs> drunk guy compared to that. So I'm like fat drunk Chris Hemsworth to the power of like two or four. Like I, I don't really... I don't know, know who this... this is, is any of this good? I don't know. No, no, it's all negative. Oh, okay, so it's okay. all No, but it's like negative from perfection. You know what I mean? So it's not oh. that bad. You know? So Chris Pratt's your man crush. Is that what you're saying? Nathaniel Gary, thanks very much for joining us on phone. <laughs> 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 Exposed. Exposed. Smoke. <laughs> Should we do that again? <laughs> we should probably do that again. What to do? 